So, Lucas, I got I got some bad news for you. Is, is everything okay? Yeah, no, everything's fine with, like, me and... I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for Seth. Is everything okay, Seth? Yeah, it's not worse than last time, so it's good. Okay, what happened last time? Nothing. Oh. That lump? My coworker actually had a cyst in her armpit, so I'm doing pretty well compared to her. Okay, good. Well, and then she got a second one in her other armpit. Oh my god! Well, we should reach out. We should send her some flowers. She or couldn't fly for a minute. But I, <laughs> I have some bad news podcast related for you. I know that you love Ishtar and you've wanted to do Ishtar, but we I'll... did it without you. No, last week. no, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, our guest for this week that. If you if you listen to the podcast for uh, what we do in the shadows from three weeks ago, at the very end you said, "Seth, you goddamn make sure that Robert comes on this episode so that Brandon doesn't fuck it up for us." Well, S- Seth did not secure our guest this week. It's Seth's fault. Robert's not here. Oh no! Oh no! So we are bumping Ishtar again. Of course we are. Um, and since it was Seth's fault, I let him pick the movie. Mm. And so I think you picked Dougal, right? I picked, I picked Ishtar anyway. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I picked Dougal. Okay, so. You guys, this crusade against women continues. <laughs> uh, Whoopi Goldberg today. is in Dougal, all right? Yeah, do you know who the director of Dougal is? How do you spell Dougal? <laughs> D-O-O. No, it doesn't come up. D-O-U-G-A-L. Dougal. I'm pretty sure. Dougal? This is not it's God damn it. Well anyway, it. we had to push Ishtar, so we'll we'll do it next week for you. How about? There will be no next week for <laughs> either of you. Oh, oh D O G A L. You can't handle the truth. Get there. It had three directors. <laughs> None of them were women. Yeah, who would have guessed? Wait, let me see if Jean Duval is a woman. I don't think so. Nope. We got a Paul, no, 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 a Dave, a Gene, and a Frank, and no, no Elaines. No women. Elaine. <laughs> um, it's the Ish to our podcast. We got your guys' asses. Lucas, we, we punked you. You're on punk. This is Candid what? Camera. You told me beforehand, <laughs> before this started. Don't, don't tell people that. The bit doesn't work when we all have to watch the movie and talk about the same one. Wait, don't tell we, the listeners. you got to stay in on it. Do they think that we decide this as we're talking about the... Yeah. We all find Oftentimes a movie. we really do. Well, yeah. Especially when one of us hasn't seen half the movie. Yeah. They just jump in. It's happened to you on several occasions now. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Ishtar. We are, we actually don't have Robert though. He's not here. Yeah, that part was real. He punked us. <laughs> he's fighting fires. Yeah, maybe. we think. I, I assume he's gone already, or he's mad at me for some reason, which is fine. What do you think he could have been mad at you about? I don't know. I'm just kind of a, a general irritant a lot of the time. <laughs> I aggravate things. But when he he was gone last summer, um, it was hard for Armando to even get in contact with him. He's just so busy when he's there. 
no cell service with all the flames around it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that interrupt cell service it does it does yes. actually excuse me flames i need you to take a break for a second hey can i get my coffee real quick my union mandated uh, flames flames minutes. hold up i need to make a phone call flames flames, flames. they're anti-union no what if he was just fighting the calgary flames just coming in boards <laughs> across the just floors. a hockey team yeah it sounds like your cold war script That'd idea pretty funny he's he's fighting all the kids that didn't make the cut I mean, they're they're adults. I know they're the kids. If they didn't make it, the kids, the kids, Dakota. But this is Ishtar. I'm Lucas. I'm Red. Brandon. I'm Brandon Snedeker. The good, the bad, the movies is also what it, what we are. Yes, all of the above. Yeah, two Brandons and a Lucas and the good, the bad, and the movies. And I'm movies. And I've got some questions for movies. you guys. Questions. First hey, question. Mm, first question is, do you like uh, political um, scenes usually in Africa or the Middle East? Do you like those? Yeah. <laughs> sure. He, he loves them. He loves them. And my, my, I've got three. My second question is, do you like uh, show tune singers and stuff? And stuff, I do. Yeah, and the stuff encompasses everything. Show tune singers and everything. No. But that does encompass political disputes in Africa and the Middle East. Yeah, I would say on average, no. Okay, my last question is, do you like Elaine May? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's gushing. He's He's bursting at the seams, yeah. Yeah. If Lucas... I do too. Of the two, I've seen two of her movies, both of which Lucas they came highly recommended by Lucas. It's Ishtar and Ishtar the director's cut. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like her. If Lucas were a fruit gusher, what flavor would he be? Uh, the blue one. That's brown what sugar. I was thinking. Brown sugar. What? <laughs> yeah, steak. He'd be fingerling he'd be, potatoes. He'd be the chicken fried <laughs> steak dinner flavor. With a side of pudding. Lanka shit. Side up, yeah. Pussy. Oh, yeah. It tastes like pussy <laughs> all the time. Yeah. We have a female director. Let's class it up, guys, a little bit. <laughs> oh, now you want to class it up? No, <laughs> Lane May is down here. Well, if you li- if if you like any of the above, yes. you've come to the right places. The good, the bad, and movies. Brandon, Lucas, Brandon, movies. Lucas. Good, bad. Lorenz, Tigner, Snedeker. Question. Movies. Elaine May. Elaine May. And we did Ishtar from 1987. A long-awaited episode. Um, before we get into it, we are drinking beers. It's not like, it's not like we purposely built the anticipation and you guys have just canceled it a half dozen times. <laughs> well, don't attempt it this week. Don't act like I don't, I have any say in what goes on here. Yeah, he's just a guest. I'm just a he's guest. Conspirator. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I guess it hasn't been pushed back as far as Uncle Boon me has. Yeah. We've been waiting I for, mean, Yeah. Because we need Devin on for that. <laughs> I'm ready to go with go forward just on Uncle Boon Me again without Devin. Yeah, I've got the whole script basically done for the last year and a half. So, like, I don't know what yeah. I wrote, but... He can emerge. He could. From the ground. From the grave. Um, But we are drinking today. Uh, I texted Seth because I hadn't seen this. He had, you had, Lucas, but I was like... What is a beer that fits the Ishtar vibe? He said, I don't know, either a, something about 
two stupid idiots. Yeah, if you can find some bumbling <laughs> buffoons on a can. Um, he said, or Middle Eastern vibe, or the desert, or the desert. Yeah. And so I was like, well, this is about Mor- this is about Morocco. They're in Morocco, so I got us African amber amber ale. I don't know why they put amber twice. I think that's the name of the beer. Yeah, African and Amber, and then it is an Amber Ale. Yeah, um, it's five point eight percent alcohol, twelve fluid ounce cans. It's got a big ass lion on the can. It does good burp. It says, "In your hand, you hold the original, unfiltered, and dry hopped amber of the Pacific Northwest. African Amber has been the local mainstay since nineteen ninety four. Oh, Redmond. Mac- what is Redmond? That's where uh, my family lives. Oh, it's it's in by Washington area." It is in Washington area. It is the Washington area. Whoever Mac is, Mac likes to say, the best beer is the one you love. We hope you love this beer wherever you are. We'll see you at the local watering hole, macandjacks.com. Good douche. Good good douche. Thanks, guys. Lucas, what you drinking? I saw a a Dr. Pepper cream soda. Dr. Pepper cream soda, zero sugar, of course. Damn. A lot of adjectives there. And a title for Mr. Pepper. Was Do- a doctor. Doctor, yeah. Him and I are this one of the same. He operated on me. Oh, for what procedure? To get the cyst checked out in your armpit? No, that was Seth's friend. Maybe the other cyst in your armpit? Yep, that was it. Hmm. What the fuck? My so my iPad just decided he that stole it was my pancreas. It was just going to start doing updates on all my apps and one of them is my gmail app that has my notes for the movie oh okay so what do you think about the beer while that finishes loading um it's very smooth it is smooth cute it's very cute a little malty you get that maltiness it's like a dark kind of bitter um you know low carbonation so you don't get any of that natural acidity from the High carbonation beers. and newspaper to sleep on. To sleep on that too. So all of the above, it really fits in as a good beer. I guess I'm gonna go via my phone. It's still stuck. So help me. Uh once that pulls up, we'll switch over. But on my phone, we're getting into it. First off, our director Elaine May. Lucas, do you want to tell us what Elaine May has directed? Yeah, she's done four movies in her movies. her life. Starting with A New Leaf, um, which I believe is 1970 or 71. A Heartbreak Kid, which is 1972. Mikey and Nikki, which I believe is 1975. And then and then this gem, Ishtar, in 1987. I think she also directed a little TV special about her former comedy duo partner in crime member Mike Nichols, as well as written a bunch of other scripts as well. Yeah, so the, the TV one I have is one episode of a show called American Masters. Yeah, that's a that's like a PBS sort of profiles on artist deal. But you got it. And then writer today is Elaine May. Lucas, you want to tell us about Elaine May's writing history? Can you pin it down yeah. as easily? She's she's written all of her own movies except for The Heartbreak Kid, which was a Neil Simon script. She also wrote The Birdcage, reuniting with Mike Nichols. We can get into that a little bit later. Um, she get also into wrote it now. Colors. She wrote Primary Colors, (laughs) um, which is a movie about the Clinton campaign, also with Mike Nichols. Um, And then under a different pen name, she wrote wrote another movie, which I'm forgetting the title of right now, which is the only one I haven't seen. Do you remember the pen name? It's Esther something. Mm. 
The other ones that I have Nasty. on here was Such Good Friends. Yeah, that's the that's the F for one. Uh Down to Earth. Don't know what that is. And she wrote Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. The dance. She did she I think she ghost wrote Tootsie or uncredited yeah. wrote Tootsie. She also that's part of her deal too, is she is a a script doctor in her later days where she would come in and write rewrite these <laughs> movies after they'd already been written. I um, shot so the script doctor, don't tell me what to do. She did Red's um Oscar winning movie. She did um Which was Warren... with Warren Beatty. Yes, and she did another she outright wrote another Warren Beatty flick called Heaven Can Wait, which is a delightful movie <clears throat> about him being a football star and coming back from heaven so he can win the Super Bowl. Which That's you which so you had mentioned. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> heaven, she, heaven can wait. We need you on the field, buddy. Yeah. And she's just such a, a creative force because besides all that, in between her big break of Hollywood, she was an esteemed playwright winning Tony Awards for plays on Broadway and such. Um, and then, of course, she was one of the greatest comedic acts of all time with fellow director Mike Nichols under Nichols and May, dominated the 1950s and 1960s comedy scene. Um, Woody Allen, Jerry Seinfeld, all of them credit Elaine May in, in particular as some of the greatest stand-up or sketch comedy comedic forces of all time. Sounds like you aren't a very big fan of her. She she rules. Where does she rank on directors for you? Number I know one, I think. You think? she She's over PTA and... I think so. I, I, every single one of her movies I adore. And I love her... All her stuff outside of her own movies she's done as well she's she's unapproachable she's sort of got these movies that are unlike any other movies i've ever seen these sort of screwball with heart and meaning behind them it's it's funny that you talk so highly of her because it's a big reason why we're doing it on the podcast here is that you love her so much but this movie in particular was not seen in that light of an eye Way back in 1987. That light of an eye. Yeah, it's, it's long been considered one of the <laughs> biggest flops in movie history. Yeah. That light of an ear. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I messed that up. Yeah. The wrong anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> Different parts. Light of the pussy. It's, that's and, it. And it is the last movie she ever directed. Correct. In 1987, even though she's still alive today and many people have begged her to direct movies i also just think it's super cool the people that I, keep begging her is just lucas he just keeps writing your fan mail come mike, on from different and others but her and mike nichols were the comedy duo and they both went on to be just like crazy critically esteemed hollywood directors which i think is also a cool fact they dominated the comedy sketch scene it's like if like uh colin jost and michael che just suddenly went on to be like steven spielberg and george lucas lucas like, it's just, it doesn't happen yeah, that's kind of crazy. Sketch comedy into high-end directors. Um, we've already mentioned a couple names of cast because of some other work she's done, but a cast for this movie includes Warren Beatty. You got Dustin Hoffman. You've got Isabella Johnny. You've got Charles uh, Grodin, Jack Weston, Tess Harper, Carol Kane, and a Heron Apolli. A lot of a lot of Oscar wins and noms among that crew. Um, of course, Dustin Hoffman has won. I think a couple of times. Yeah, Warren Beatty's. I think won for producer and been nominated a bunch of other times. 
Isabella think- Johnny had been nominated twice up to this point. She had, huh? She had. Nice. She had, indeed. I know that Dustin, I think he won for Tootsie, and then he won for Rain Man, and he's had several other nominations. Meet the Fockers. I, I believe Carol Kane and Tess Harper both have been nominated multiple times up to this point, too. Who were they? I didn't know who they were playing. They were, they were the girlfriends of the mm. of Lyle. The one looked familiar. Um, Carol Kane did, was in Woody Allen and The Shining, maybe. Did Dustin Hoffman win for Kramer versus Kramer, or was he just nominated? I think he was just nominated. Seth? I think he was just nominated. Okay, too. yeah. What about what about the graduate? Did he win? The graduate, he did win for. I don't think he did. He did. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> um. So that's a cast, and then a plot for Ishtar. Two terrible lounge singers get booked to play a gig in a Moroccan hotel, but somehow become pawns in an international power play between the CIA, the Emir of Ishtar, and the rebels trying to overthrow his regime. That's a lot. It is a lot. I think part of the joke is that it is a lot. That these sort of American involvement in overseas conflict is way complicated over the top with Gaddafi and Syria were involved at some point. Anwar Sadat, yeah. And it's, it's all left to these buffoons, as Seth called them. And I think I think it is Bumbling. kind of poignant to say that as a watcher, you might be just as lost as Chuck and Lyle are in the movie because they are just only repeating things that they've heard from their insiders and everything. Game of telephone. It is it is a pretty crazy complicated plot for like a a comedy. <laughs> a lounge singer movie. A songwriting comedy. Um, and then some history. I've got quite a bit of history. I told Seth about this. Um, chime in if you've got anything, Lucas, because I know you probably do, but... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just testing it out. Oh, okay. It works. It works. Okay. Um, Ishtar is a 19... 19- Great. Okay. <laughs> Ishtar is a 1987 American adventure comedy film produced by Warren Beatty. The idea for this film came about because Beatty felt indebted to Elaine May, who wrote the screenplay for his hit movie, Heaven Can Wait, in 1978. And she also did an uncredited screenplay write on his Oscar-winning movie, Reds, in 1981. Beatty wanted to give May a chance to make a film that she was artistically and commercially capable of making and offered to produce and be the lead actor in it. May presented the idea to Beatty about a Hope Crosby Road 2 type picture and wanted to get another co-star, possibly Dustin Hoffman, to sign on. Hoffman originally turned the movie down because of misgivings, but eventually changed his mind after meeting with Beatty and his friend and confidant Murray Shisko. Hoffman, like Beatty, was also indebted to May as she did an uncredited writing job for his hit film Tootsie in 1982. But... Here's where things go awry. Beatty and Elaine May quarreled and argued quite a bit off camera, and especially in the editing room. Hoffman would serve as the mediator between the two of them, and Beatty would also take sides against May in disagreements between her and the director of photography, Vittorio Stororo. At one point, Beatty and May had an argument with May, telling Beatty, you want the scene your way, you shoot it, and May would abandon the set for long periods of time. Beatty then reported the incident to the Columbia Pictures production representative, who then offered to fire Elaine May as director of the film on Beatty's behalf as a producer of the film, 
Uh, but Beatty did not want to take on the responsibilities of directing the rest of the film himself, had May been fired, and did not want to contradict himself as the whole point of the film was to give May the chance she had never really had to show her talents as director. This film ended up quickly drawing media attention for the onset clashes, substantial cost overruns, and polarizing reviews, and many initially considered to be one of the worst films ever made, although recently, critical support for the film has grown strongly since its release. Nice. Yeah, I think the part about Beatty, which I think is kind of heinous of him, is he goes up and he says, yeah, Ollie Mae's a genius, you know, she saved me, she won me an Oscar. Let her do whatever she wants. I'll do. I'll like back her up. I'll take all the bullets for her. And then as soon as it starts, he's just like, "You don't. You know what you're doing here? Just like, do you need me to fire you? Like, no. Like, she's let her do her thing, Warren Beatty. She made three of the best movies of the '70s before this, and he's sticking his little foot in there. Maybe, maybe he only knew. Maybe he only knew her as a writer, stuck up for her writing skills. But who knows? Maybe her directing is trash. It's obviously not. <laughs> and Are you defending Warren Beatty? No, now? I just wanted to get, I, to get Lucas heated. He, Warren Beatty is a good filmmaker in his own right. and has a different style, I'm sure, than Elaine May, whose style, based out of improv comedy, like her background, is often to just let the camera roll for long periods of time and like sort of find the magic hours into the shots. Almost like a Kubrick way, but like not like a psycho, maybe. She's kind of psycho, I don't know. Could you imagine if she teamed up with Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement? Just just do your shit. Yeah. That's kind of what she is, because she's yeah. a comedian that's like them. Yeah. Um, but for her film, Mikey and Nikki, before this, she shot like a million and a half feet of film for that Yeah, movie. you said that last episode, and then you checked yeah. your penis. I did. <laughs> you did? Um, so Warren Beatty, I think, was just like sort of clashing with that style. And he's like, do you really know what's going on here? You're just sort of le- leaving the camera go for a long time. And she's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I was reading some of the things. <laughs> it is. <laughs> just chill out, dude. I was reading some of the stuff with like the Columbia Pictures, like lawsuits and whatnot that he was yeah. maybe trying to do. And he was basically saying she was an incompetent director the whole time. Yeah, but he's also like. I'm a feminist. I told everybody that I was going to let her do this, so I can't fire her. You can't fire her. Just like it's fucking it up, and it's not my fault. Because she's she's unioned. She's she's tenured. She's a tenured director on Ishtar. She yeah. Well, and this is also part of the reason you want to do this is because she's always had had problems with studios in the past, like taking control and taking the edit away from her and everything. So he's like, I'll just let her do whatever she wants. And then even this, like what is supposed to be her free run, he's all over it. You know, not yeah. getting her free run. Bitch made. Bitch made, even though he's a good director too. Good Baby? Beautiful man. Yeah. No, he, he sucks. What does he this, suck? This is the, whatever he feels like sucking. That's kind of his MO. Cheese. He's been Dick Tracy. Sucking that's kind of his deal. Dick Tracy I don't know. is his big thing in the late 80s, 90s. The only thing I know about Warren Beatty is that he was mean to your favorite director. So, like, I, <laughs> so yes. you hate him. That's the only light of my eye that I see him in. Oh, really. yes. But he also gave her a good performance as Lyle Rogers. As Lyle Crocodile. I've seen him in a handful of stuff. He's good in McCabe and Mrs. Miller. I've He's never even heard of Heaven that. Heaven Can Wait. Oh, is that the one where... He dies, but then he comes back to play football again. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Oh, the yeah. Rams. Yeah. He so was he Cooper to, Cup. God loves St. Louis. He has to find Lewis. a new body, so he has to get like a body of like a forty-year-old trucker. 
weird because his body his body died yeah so it's like this old this fat guy kind of leading the super bowl charge nice Dude, imagine it's if like movie. an old woman declared for the nba draft and she's like i'm kobe bryant i swear to god <laughs> You have to believe me. You can take me in the second round, but take me. It'll be worth it. She's got a bag. I got a a feeling about this girl. I got the plot of Uncle Drew. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Kyrie Irving being reincarnated. It's basic. It's similar. Does he believe in reincarnation? Probably. Who directed Uncle Drew? It's probably similar to like the Thunderstruck thing too, where where the kids like trust me, I got (laughs) the powers of (laughs) trust me, I've got the powers of Kevin Durant, and you're like, okay, little kid, yeah, whatever. Then he dunks on your ass, bodies him. (laughs) He directed Drumline. Wow, the director of Uncle Drew. Yeah. Anyways, I think that a largely Elaine May has been much maligned due to sexism. I think is a big part of it because a lot of these other directors like Kubrick. He can do a million takes and everyone's like, he's a genius. And Elaine May does it and Warren Beatty's like, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really in the light of the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Her movie's fucking bang. <laughs> um, so that is my history and it's budget time. Some interesting history about the budget too. Ooh. Ooh. We all had to sing songs about the budget all at once. Can the style we, of Rogers and Clark. Can the style of we Robert sing Wayne. the budget? Oh yes, the budget. We got look a budget. Out yes, we do. <laughs> look I out now! Stroll in the park with you. Scooby doo doo doo. Two dollars to spend. Da 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 da. Budget. You my best friend. That was good. I got two dollars to spend, but you're my best friend. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Most of their songs didn't anyway. Whose songs? He said we had to do it in the form of Chuck and Lyle. Oh, I just stole. Their songs made sense. Chop suey. They were like entirely euphemisms. <laughs> it's disenchantment with Reagan's America. <laughs> You know he's Re- right. Re- Reagan was. I got no. Reagan the was disenfranchised. just disenfranchised. Reagan was just a president. I was like, wait a minute. No, he wasn't in office yet, but he was. So I'm wrong for seven years. Because I was thinking this was '77. I was like, he was still like coming a baby. up. No, he was not a baby. He was a baby. No, he was very old. Babies can cry. That's was a good he elected in the movie? Babies can cry. In '80, he was. He became president. 80 in 1985, I he double termed it. Reagan oh, yeah. will oh, yeah. try. His reelection was the biggest landslide in American political history. To stop was me. it? Yeah, his yeah. and all FD- but Minnesota. Him and FDR's second which election were the two biggest ones. Which term was it that he like introduced crack into poor neighborhoods? When when I think both. They did it in both of them. Because I I thought it'd be funny if he did in the first one. People were like, that was awesome. <laughs> you know? It pretty much were. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's... Interventionist politics. Interventionist politics? Just getting our, our American nose everywhere. Mm. Middle East, South I America. See. Yeah. Watch out for the money. It'll drive you crazy. Yeah, give a budget guess, but Seth. Let's now guess this budget, but don't you guess it lazy, Seth. 
Is that part of the song? Yeah. My name? Yeah. That's not like a so, fill in the blank thing? No, you... it's it's saying that you can't go one up on somebody. Yeah, but I'm saying you if you sang the song to somebody else, you wouldn't sing their name. You would still sing my name. Oh, of course. Because okay. they all know you by now. Yeah, if they listen, if, they, if they're requesting you sing them the budget song, they probably listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. I, I think you're going to get, as, as, as a quote directly from Lucas, apparently, in Fifty Shades, you're going to get piss-whomped here by Lucas and all of these. Piss-whomped? Like yeah. Gonzaga? Gonzaga's getting piss-whomped right now, Alex. I'm going to say 1.24 million. 1.2, 1.4, or 1.24? 1.24 million. Okay. Lucas? No, this this thing cost a hoss, which is part of its much maligned. It- it's between 50 and 60 million. I think I'm going to guess 60 million. Damn. Our winner today is Lucas. It's 55 million dollars. Oh. That was between 50 and 60. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it basically. Yeah. Most of it went to Elaine May, Warren Beatty, and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Two of the biggest stars at the time, and they were also like, give Elaine May as much money as she wants. The interesting thing about this movie is that right movie. before this, or during production of this, like right before the production of this, coca-cola purchased uh the paramount pictures or whatever columbia pictures yeah coca-cola purchased columbia pictures which this which made this movie um which had a lot of problems because dustin warren and elaine may were all like let's defer some of our money for our budget so we can get back end points you know so we can get more budget money and they're like no we're gonna pay you all your money in full don't don't be silly and they also wanted to shoot it in los angeles but coca-cola said we have frozen assets in morocco um, that we can't, we have to spend that money. There's no other way to spend it. So you guys have to go there and shoot the movie like on site. Like, no, we want to shoot it in in Los Angeles, please. Like, no, make it real. So you're stealing facts, I see. I am. That was word for word, like one of my facts. Let me find it real quick. Let's make movies now. The studio had wanted to shoot the desert scenes in the southwest in L.A. in order to keep costs down and production under control. But P- Columbia Pictures, parent company at the time, Coca-Cola, had money in Morocco it could not uh, repatriate. What a big word. So the studio relented and allowed production to take place in the real Sahara Desert. Nice. <laughs> That's so stupid. And everyone blames, blames Elaine May. For like the budget going out of control and crazy, and she obviously tried to stop it at several points. Well, in budget disaster, and they're like, "No." Well, we and Coca Cola wanted my other thing. I was gonna say was Coca Cola wanted to pull out of it, but because they paid everybody up front, they were like, "Well, we can't do that now." So I guess we're, we're in. offered. Yeah, we're so, we're big studio. We we pay everybody too much money. Fifty five million. So he won, and he took two facts. Next up, Lucas. What do you think? That's also. That's also like a crazy budget still. Yeah. That's, I, I for 1987 too. Comedy ever made for like 20 years. Yeah. All right. What do you think this made opening weekend, Lucas? It 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 didn't do well, I believe. I'm going to say 4 million dollars. Okay. I'll say 5 million dollars. One of you guys is so close. It's a 4.3. Damn. To the decimal. Yeah. <laughs> when he said four, I was like, shit, he is on it. I'm on it today. He He's knows. He, he knows, he knows, he knows. He knows. But merrily, merrily, merrily. <laughs> That's basically how Marina sings that song. Um, Seth, US and Canada total. Hmm. 
Don't do that. You like it. I don't like that. 28 million. Okay. Ooh, I was around there. I'm going to say 24 million. Mm. The winner today is Lucas. It's a 14.4. Jesus. Wow. That's that definitely lower. Suckers. Yeah. Poor Coke. How are they ever going to survive? They're not. They're not a company anymore. What? You, we didn't. Your, your Cherry Fanta today wasn't actually a Coke machine. They lied to you. This is like. <laughs> you're just gaslighting me about like, yeah. the biggest lie in the world. About the biggest company in the world. Yeah, Coke went bankrupt. <laughs> also, they stopped making what? socks. They're just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> you remember that Cherry Fanta you drank? We're all going it was actually piss. Naked shoes. It wasn't piss. It remember was. when you drank Garrett's piss in the Gatorade bottle? Yeah, I remember. I still refuse to believe that's true. Oh, it's true, Dan. Yeah, I know. It's true, Dan. It's true, Dan. But it was like dilute. It was mixed in. Yeah, it was part Gatorade, part piss. So it It was was like 33% piss. It wasn't like he was doing it directly into my mouth. No. He was just doing milk jug challenge directly into his mouth. (laughs) Lucas is not happy. (laughs) I just want to talk about Elaine May. You guys keep talking about piss. (laughs) Drinking piss. (laughs) Specifically drinking it. And... (laughs) But Lucas, when was the last time you drank your piss? <laughs> yeah, Never. Uh, well, come on. Everybody's done it once, just out of curiosity. I don't think so. Mm. No? He, he's an eat-his-own-shit kind of guy. I like him on a story. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Free minds don't need to drink their own piss. <laughs> <laughs> they can just guess. They, they had water fountains in abundance at Montessori. Yeah. On the south side. Oh, yeah. There was one. Yeah. If you were thirsty, you drank your own piss. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lucas, what do you think this made worldwide? Brandon in the ghetto. In the ghetto. $22 million. Okay. Worldwide? Yeah. Say 28 again. Okay. Our winner today is Lucas. 14.4. Nothing. <laughs> Not even in the Middle East? Uh, that's so surprising to me. They yeah. didn't love their depiction of themselves <laughs> in this movie. They, their favorite part was uh, their pa- their favorite this part is, was Dustin Hoffman as the auctioneer. This actually sparked rebellion in the Middle East. <laughs> People will blame Elaine May for nine eleven. This, yeah, no, <laughs> no. None, <laughs> none of these she things. Did it. This she could have stopped it if they let her. This this whole like Moroccan Ishtar like like political dispute war was actually fictionalized it came to be after they saw this film yeah like we need to start a war they're right where's that map that we forgot about pretty one of the three wise men it it came to be (laughs) a war in the middle east (laughs) the prophecy the prophecy has been told so a foretold Mm, in in the yeah. light of the eye. Somebody just stoked about a story. Oh my god. The prophecy's <laughs> been told. <laughs> <laughs> it does hurt me to say it, but it is a certified flop. Yeah. At, the, at the box office. Yeah. $55 million certified budget. Certified rotten. $14.4 million made, so it lost over Egg $40 style. million. I think, I, th- and I think it was a big reason why Columbia like, went bankrupt. Yes. After this, because of Coke's acquisition, they're like, "All right, maybe we don't want to make movies anymore. What are we doing?" So they dropped them. Let's do new Coke or whatever. Yeah, they did the sock company. And then people got so mad at new Coke, they switched back to regular Coke, and their sales have never been higher. They spiked after they went back to regular Coke, and they've never reached that level again. Not. But the thing is, I don't even like Diet Coke. I know what they're doing, McRib style. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Diet Coke. 
Um, taglines. Oh, I don't have any taglines. The fuck? There was not a tagline. All right. So, just... Me and my homies getting money, you bish tar. <laughs> is the tagline. That's pretty good. It's pretty great, actually. Yeah, pretty grape. Cherry, even. Um, grape Fanta. Rogers and Clark overseas tour or something like that. That's pretty good. Live going, in concert in Morocco. Going international. The the uh the biggest battle of all time, Rogers versus Clark. It's good. It is good. Like I think it's puns. Thanks, guys. Like, I appreciate it. Ish tarred and feathered. That's pretty good. A couple smucks is good. Like an inside joke. Schmuckers jelly, yeah. Smuckers, That's a good one. Schmuckers. Schmuckers, schmuckers jelly. Put the yeah. facts in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not the worst for this one. Where it's kind of like being held at hostage and gunpoint. Yeah. Worst tagline. Worst tagline. Tag, yeah. We should have a worst tagline award. <laughs> Or best tagline. Best tagline. Yeah, we could do that as an award. I mean, if you want me to watch the movie, all you gotta do is tag it with Elaine Mays. With like an apostrophe. Yeah, Elaine May presents. Yeah. Coming January she, she 13th. Touched she touched this. <laughs> Elaine May is me. Elaine May touches me in yeah. Ishtar. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna I'm say in. I'm gonna say coming on January 13th, aka yeah. Creech Day, Elaine May presents. Oh, annual Creech Day. Shouldn't should, they shouldn't be in the same sentence? <laughs> Creech Day and Elaine May. Just saying hypothetically, if, if we opened a museum for Creech and somebody had to cut the ribbon at the ceremony to open the building, you don't think Elaine May should be holding those giant scissors? No. Okay. We're, we're having lunch uptown at that point. <laughs> you and Elaine are having lunch. Yes. Fran and I are at the Creech Museum. I <laughs> Fucking junk. We got LL Cool J or something. <laughs> we're we're in the museum. We're like, holy shit! Creech drove so Elaine could run. I just, <laughs> no, we're we're going shopping after while you guys are, are grubbing around a junkyard for fucking yeah. Creech juice. We're like, oh, we're like, holy shit! <laughs> it's called it's oil. oil. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, holy shit! This truck's got a five point seven liter Hemi. Actually, it's six point four. Yeah. I who's I just want to know who's holding the scissors to cut this. Who's welcoming the Creech Museum? Like Josh Dumal or something? You think that's a <laughs> why does that make sense? That, that makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, it should be him. Paul Walker's ghost. Uh, or yeah. um Dom Gleason would be fun. I just like him. His face makes Yeah, you just laugh. like to see him there. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to hold the scissors, but if you could hold my hand on the way in. He's maybe. the one that shakes Creech's hand as I cut the scissors. <laughs> Sir, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Okay. Where are we with taglines? Did we decide think, on a good one? Um, Elaine well, May apostrophe. Ishtar and Feather. Ishtar and Feather I like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So taglines are done, which means we can get into facts. Factar ish facts. <laughs> We're having lunch uptown. <laughs> I think <laughs> nowhere I... near the facility. <laughs> Yeah, of course not. And then we're going, you know, you've ignored my hypothetical. You're just like, yeah, here's my dream date with Elaine May. It has nothing we, to do with We exist we're in like the same. <laughs> we, we exist in the same universe. Yeah, they're just having lunch. They didn't even know it was opening. He's so, he's so far removed from us. 
<laughs> this is an avoidance. You're trying to keep Elaine May from finding out. You're hoping she doesn't yeah, love Creech she secretly. Knows, no, she knows that I'm associated with this. She'll run me out of <laughs> her <laughs> life. Yeah, <laughs> Queens. Um, I think the easy, easy one or the good one, maybe not the easy one, would be like, telling facts is a dangerous business, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, Christopher Columbus sailed across on the Elaine Mayflower facts. What the fuck? <laughs> I think that, that was pretty good. That was so long-winded. I love it. Uh, you didn't do the Mayflower brand. Usually I don't say long-winded it ones like that, but there was the Nina, the, the Pinta, and the, the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria, bitch. I know, but I still wanted to say something like that. Santa Marina? Stolen Spanish valor? What is this? That's a step too far. You <laughs> even decided on the facts. Are you cutting me? I, I do think yours is probably the best. Yeah, but I think we should do the whole song though. Let's house Telling the Mayflower the facts one for business for later. Honest and popular. Don't go hand in facts. No, nice. Telling the facts <laughs> is dangerous business. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. Because telling the facts is honest and popular. Don't go hand in facts. No, that's wrong. Just say telling the truth. Telling the truth is telling the facts. Telling the truth can be... No, telling the facts. Dangerous facts. No. Yeah. Telling the telling the truth is facts dangerous facts business. business. I, there, I think I want to explore just one or two more options before we land on... Because I think it's a good one. Telling facts truth is dangerous facts business. No, like other parts of the movie. Mmm. Camel facts. Yeah. Rebellion facts. Uh, boob facts. Yeah, that's true. Let's do that one. When you were like, there's boobs in here, I didn't expect it to be one boob for half a second, but it still counts. In the, in the airport as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a public place. Airport facts. That was the only way. Yeah. Singing facts. No, I think telling the facts, it's a dangerous business, is what we gotta be. In the light of the eye. The light of the tiger. Telling the truth can be bad news. Telling the truth can be bad news. Telling the truth can be tell telling the truth can be good news. Telling the truth is a bad idea. Telling the truth is a difficult problem. Telling the truth, telling the truth is a is a scary. Telling the truth is a scary predicament. Telling the truth is a bitter herb. Telling the truth is a dangerous tunnel. When you get out of that tunnel, you've got bitter black life ahead. Forget herb. I never heard of a hit that had the word herb in it. Telling the truth is a dangerous thing. Dangerous. dangerous. Telling the truth can be dangerous. dangerous. What? Danger. Telling the truth can be dangerous. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. Why? Movie, movie. <laughs> we nailed that that last time. All right. Let's see what I got here. First fact. Huh. This is the last movie to be directed by Elaine May. The no! Film's <laughs> the film's extreme failure kept her away from the Hollywood scene until she wrote the screenplay for The Birdcage in 1996. was Five directed by her old comedy partner, Mike Nichols. Out of five. 
Two years yep. later, she reteamed with Nichols to write primary colors for which she was nominated for an Oscar. It'd be so funny if he was like, no, out of 17. Like the weirdest scale. It would be really funny. The Craig scale. Yeah, it along with alleged that she was put in quote unquote movie jail for making this movie, which is like it it was such a flop that no one's like ever gonna direct it again, which isn't entirely true. I think mostly she was just sick of all the harassment and hang up that this movie caused her and she was just like, I'm fucking done with directing. Yeah, we've we've seen we've seen films that have been made that shouldn't have been made. She can (laughs) we've seen David Dakota's work. We know. That guy doesn't have any shame, though. That's true. Or guilt. Or penis. And hopefully or, no or pleasure. Le- or legs. Or legs. He's legless. He did, they lost it in an accident along with the penis. <laughs> oh no, my dick and balls and legs got blown off in that <laughs> horrific helicopter crash. Yeah. They were sh- shot out by a bazooka in Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next fact is that in one of Gary Larson's The Far Side it comic strips, first fact. that this was her last film directed. Okay. Um, in one of Gary Larson's The Far Side comic strips, captioned Hell's Video Store, the entire store is stocked with nothing but copies of this <laughs> film. Larson later apologized, saying... When I drew the above cartoon, I had not actually seen Ishtar. Years later, I saw it on an airplane and was stunned at what was happening to me. I was actually being entertained. Sure, maybe it's not the greatest film ever made, but my cartoon was way off the mark. There are so many uh, cartoons for which I should probably write an apology, but this is the only one which compels me to do so. I I love the far side. Love the far side. Um, (laughs) I love the far side. One of my favorite, yeah, and he did feel the need to apologize. I think that's part, a lot of this movie is people are saying it sucks and it's a bomb without even having seen it, which was the case with one of our greatest cartoonists. You guys familiar with The Far Side? Larve The Far Side yeah. at the Harvard Yard. I'm looking it up really quick because I don't remember. Uh, I don't think that's it. What the fuck did you just... P-H-A-R... I, that's Side. It's the C-Y-D. I looked it up wrong. Far Side. The Far Side. The, the cows? Sort of slant, yeah, it's like slanted humor. A lot of cow humor. What is this one? God at his computer, and he's dropping a piano on a guy. <laughs> That's good. good. That's, That's good. really good. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, I like that. That's my favorite cartoonist now. He's so um, good. I like a giant book of Farside cartoons. I was like this thick for the viewers at home. I can't see it either. Oh, yeah. Imagine. That's like three keys worth. That's like. Nah. It's like your dick? No. He said it first. No, I didn't. Uh, I was going to say somebody else's dick because that's small width of a book. The width of a book should not be dick length. I wouldn't claim that as my own. Width. Yeah, girth. Maybe. There's a girthy. Yeah. Hardback dick. <laughs> Hardback yeah. girthy cock. And it's got that author on the side. <laughs> you got it tattooed? Yeah, it says by God. My, it just says Elaine may present on it. It says the holy instrument on the side. Okay. Um my next fact is that Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, and Edgar Wright are fans of this film. Scorsese called of it one of his favorite movies. Nice. Yeah. Some some motherfuckers with taste. <laughs> he also voiced a guy in a shark tale. Hey, gotta eat. 
I'm pretty sure he's eating just fine. That he didn't need to do Shark Tale. Yeah, he wanted a Hummer, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can afford a Hummer. He's probably a top five director of all time. I'm pretty sure he can afford a Hummer. He probably could, but made it a little easier. Playing <laughs> rabbit or whatever. I, I can't know. imagine tiny. I can't Fuff imagine Fuff tiny Fuff little Martin Scorsese dragging this big ass Hummer. That's step yeah, stool to get up and do it. Red flames. No, he just jumps. Oh shit! He's got a forty inch vert. I forgot. Yeah, he does. I think I do think that Elaine May is pretty revered in the industry from comedians and filmmakers alike. Any guesses on the Martin Scorsese height? I just looked it up. He's like fucking five three, five two. One of you guys is so close. Lucas is up five zero. It's five four. Damn, he's yeah, tall. He's, he's tall, taller than I thought. And you've got a foot on him. He did a lot of coke too. I got two feet on him, if you know what I mean. You're standing on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get off. Get off of Scorsese. He can't take it. Uh, next yeah, fact. Despite the film's reputation as one of the biggest box office failures of all time, it was number one at the box office in its first week of release. The next week, with the release of Beverly Hills Cop 2, Uh-oh. the film quickly dropped to fourth place. Yeah, sure. I mean, three million is not a big opening, so it must have been a not a great weekend to release it. Coke. Slow news day. Yeah. It, it, they, they released it the opposite weekend of the new Super Mario Bros. movie. The opposite weekend. Movie for babies. Don't tell Mitch that. I'll tell Mitch that. I still have to read those messages, <laughs> dude. That shit's so funny. It got heated so fast. Uh, <laughs> Check out the Discord, guys. Did Anyone's... you read that, Lucas? Yeah, I did. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw Super Mario Bros. Yeah, and every... so so everyone else in the, in the country. Okay, and... <laughs> That's all Seth, that's all Seth got to and then he couldn't read anymore because he was laughing too much. Yeah. He's Mitch so is mad. our finest film critic. Yeah. He takes everything a little too personally. We though. will we, we're gonna have him on next season, so <laughs> Um Next fact is that the film's animal trainer went looking for a blue eyed camel in the Marachek market and found one he considered perfect, but he chose not to buy it right away, expecting he could find others and use that knowledge to bargain with the first trainer for trader for a better price. What he didn't realize is that blue-eyed camels were extremely rare and could not find another camel good enough. He returned to the first trader, who had since eaten the camel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you probably should be holding on to it if it's a blue-eyed camel of they're rare eat so eating them. I was I was like literally reading it the whole time. It's like, oh he's gonna come back and it was already so no, he ate that motherfucker. I don't camel know. It might gone. be might have been for the best because the camel in this was fantastic. This camel <laughs> they got. Best animal. A plus camel. Not well, a dromedary. There's a better actor than somewhere. the than the dwarves camel, I'd say. So this is one of Seth's quotes, I think. Because I told him to quote me. Yeah, go ahead. But I was upset that Robert wasn't on because this camel is... Camel theme. Yeah, every movie that has a camel, we gotta have them on, apparently. Yeah, I love the, it. It was supposed to be a burger. <laughs> the guy that ate the camel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also 
read that Elaine May um, was like at a screening and talking about this movie or something, and someone asked her like, "How did how did you get the camel to do whatever you wanted?" You know, like to be always, blind. Like, I like trained this camel. Yeah, like he's always doing this comedic it. timing stuff and everything. And then she answered. She's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember." <laughs> nice. She's a queen. Um. Next fact. Elaine May shot 108 hours of raw footage. The final cut is only an hour and 47 minutes, making the shooting a 61 to 1 ratio. That's that's some classic May shit. Kubrick would be proud. I put that in here just for you because you'd already mentioned in our last episode about her million feet of footage. So I was like, this is perfect. It's what she does, and they don't get it. Um, next, while the credits indicate that a soundtrack was available on CBS Records, a soundtrack was never released. According to an interview with Paul Williams, a soundtrack was recorded and produced, but never released due to the movie's box office failure. They should have released that. It could have got them more money. I don't know. I think they were, like, kind of, like, this movie is in the shitter. Let's kind of, like, wipe our hands clear of it. But it is, they did, like, record all those songs, which I think mm-hmm. I would love and I would pay a lot of money for, they recorded them all in full and had like a full-on album. I think it would also be like a good musical or something like that, too, if they played all those songs. Because the songs be are really the best good. part of the whole fucking movie. They're so great. I was telling Seth right at the end of the movie that I was like, I could just do quotes of just the song lyrics, but I had to restrain myself from quoting every single song. Yeah, I'd add a lot of song lyrics too. They're they're so good. They're sort of doing they're pretending to be Simon and Garfunkel, but like mm-hmm. not like sincere versions of it. Like people who really want to be Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. So um, it's not fact. like straight out like bad songs. They're just no. <laughs> I mean, some of them are. But anyways, um, next fact: the film began principal photography in October of 1985 amidst high political tensions in Northern Africa. Israeli warplanes had just bombed the Palestinian uh, Liberation Organization headquartered in Tunis, and seven days later, the uh, seven days later, the Palestine Liberation Front hijacked a cruise ship, the Achille Lauro, murdering a wheelchair-using elderly Jewish American, Leon Klinghoffer. The Moroccan military was fighting the Polisario Front guerrillas at the time as well. There were rumors from Palestinian terrorists that they might try to kidnap Dustin Hoffman, and some locations had to be checked for landmines before the shooting could begin. Yeah, because Hoffman obviously is a major Jewish figure. And I I did hear something else about that, that they'd been already working for three days in the desert when one of the generals came over, like waved his arms, like, you have to stop their landmines here. That's like motherfucker. Uh you could have told me. That would have been classic. Did I do 80s. that? Yeah. It was Urkel. <laughs> it was land- yeah. It's, it's just it's just a terrorist putting the landmines and they catch him. He's like, Did I do that? We're finally in the Middle East and nobody's seen ham out here yet. <laughs> That's right. He's the terrorist. No, he's no, but we put him in Iraq. I know he's sweeping for We put him in a, we yeah. put him in Iraq. But he kept messing up. <laughs> um, my penultimate fact is that the studio had wanted to shoot. Oh, you already said this. It's the Coke one. Never mind. Ultimate fact time. Boo. Nominations. Okay. First, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Fuck these guys. N- nominated for worst picture. Then at the Razzies, nominated for Worst Screenplay and Worst Picture. Fuck these guys. The only thing it won 
was at the Razzies. Fuck this guys. picture. For worst director. How oh, dare they? name. She, <laughs> she tied with Norman Mailer for a movie called Tough Guys Don't Dance. Fuck these guys. How dare they? So just Razzies and Stinker's Bad Movie Awards left and I'm right. And, a, fucking and Elaine May is the ultimate winner for the worst director of 1987. And I, this is why she fairly was like, fuck directed movies if these morons think that Ishtar is bad. You know mm. what I mean? Maybe it is bad. It's not. It, jump out the window. Well, I'm, we're in the basement, so I'd have to climb up it. So the shards get you. Yeah. Mm. It's about the cuts. Yeah. The deep cuts. Those mm. fuckers. But I, I have one more f- last fact about Ishtar, which I think Hooray! is kind of funny. When they were filming it, um, two things happened with Elaine May. One, she had an incredible toothache. So she had to always look like super irritable and very <laughs> angry and like refused to go to the dentist the entire time. I read that. Yeah, so the whole time she was being like very, I'm sure, bitchy and standoffish. And the other thing is she was like also afraid of the sun and getting like too much sun exposure. So she was constantly wrapped in gauze the wrapped. entire time. I read so, that too. Yeah, so everyone said she looked like a stormtrooper and was like incredibly aggravating <laughs> and just like a hell to be around. But that's like she missed all of her gunfire. That's what she, the best directors are like. She sounds insane. Like she is. I love it. She Did looks you, like a mummy going around just being an asshole to everybody because of tooth hurts and she refuses to take care Frazier. of it. She wanted to shoot it in LA, but fucking Coca-Cola told her to do it in Morocco. Yeah. Well, she had a toothache. She told should have told him about the toothache. They could have given her some aura gel. My tooth hurts. I'm not going to Morocco. <laughs> I mean, uh, she probably tried to pull that. The other f- funny thing about this movie, too, is... That everything went wrong in the desert, right? She had the toothache, afraid of the sun. Everything was going over budget. There was fucking terrorists coming to kidnap Dustin Hoffman. And then after that, they shot the stuff of New York, which is the best part of the movie. So you think if they all hated each other and said, fuck everything, it would be the other way around. But the best stuff is in New York. Hmm. At the very end. They're like, fuck the singing scenes. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pepper that, the rest of the narrative with facts, but yeah, here we go. Let's get into the movie. Movie. <laughs> Shit, the reel got stuck. Give me a second. Nicole couldn't make it today. <laughs> okay. Well, my first note is... She was killed. No. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, Nicole couldn't make it, so we're just going to get into the movie. No, oh, just killed. Died. Killed verbally, not literally. Oh. Like a, a rap she battle? She and Elaine May were in a screaming fit. Yeah, like a rap battle. <laughs> Hosted by LL Cool J. Yeah, LL Cool J emceed the Elaine May Nicole Kidman he, he left rap the, battle. He left the Creech Museum early to, to host this rap battle. Elaine well, I May mean, yeah. is 90 years old. After Elaine May had to after had to leave she her uptown it. had to she leave her it. uptown lunch with Lucas to go do a rap battle with Nicole Kidman. Uptown lunch you up. Ooh. She did. 
She did. I, so hope she, Nicole, I hope she doesn't die ever. She won't, buddy. She could sad. pull a Walt Disney like we talked about last week and be cryo frozen. Yeah. She wouldn't dare. She would. <laughs> she would cryo freeze and come out just not anti Semitic, though, I think. <laughs> Unless that's just what happens when you get cryo frozen. She is Semitic. It's like a side effect. She's Semitic. <laughs> She's so, a, side of Jewish. That's what I thought. Big too. part of her identity, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty unlikely she'd be anti-Semitic, right? Think. Side effects of cryo-freezing may include anti-Semitism. <laughs> anti-Semitism. Thoughts of genocide. Warts. Thousand years. suicide. Waiting. Period. Yeah. Waiting for a long-ass time. Memory loss. Death of your friends and family. <laughs> never to be seen again. Sadness. Cold. Darkness. <laughs> One of the side effects That's of cryo-freezing. It's not a side always... effect. That's just an effect. <laughs> This is all what life's going to be like without Elaine May. Raynods. This is anti-Semitism, genocide, all our friends and family will die. Yeah. Seth, could, Seth could never get cryo-frozen because he has Raynods. It's true. He's too tall. Sad. Me neither. <laughs> no, they don't make pods my size. <laughs> yeah. Do they make one short enough for me? Of course. No, they only make them for six foot one guys. And gales. But no perfect taller, height. no shorter. The perfect height. The ideal shape of a human being. 6'1", 90 pounds. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was going to say, Devin, I think, is 6'1", and Carter's six foot, but... Heaving shoulders. <laughs> you're all shoulder, and then just a twig down. You're basically yeah. a triangle. You're, you're describing Nicole Kidman right now. Because <laughs> she's tall as hell. She's 6'1", 90 pounds. Uh, she's back, huh? Oh, he fucking died. Well, every oh shit, Giannis Antetokounmpo suffers lower back contusion. Will not return an opener. He's Look fine. up Nicole Kidman weight. No, you know what Google's gonna try to sell me if I look that up. Nicole Kidman is five eleven. We'll make an exception for you know her. How many girdles? Nicole Kidman weight. She weighs. Her dimensions are thirty four, twenty three, thirty six. That's hot. I found that immediately. I don't know what that means. She though. weighs sixty four kilograms. But I assume it's hot. Sixty four kilograms, which is a hundred ninety four pounds. One hundred and forty one pounds. We'll make an exception for her. <laughs> Five eleven, one forty one. Broad shoulders. Yeah. Nicole Kidman has been cryo frozen. Let's get into the movie. Movie. Oh, his thing got stuck. <laughs> it buckled in. Um. So you open the <coughs> film. Bless you. I love editing, but I also hate it because I have to go through and find every one of Lucas's coughs directly into the microphone. Yeah, I can leave. There, them. there are a lot of them, especially when you were sick <coughs> the last couple weeks. Do you have to edit that out? No, Monkey I'll probably business. leave that with. Probably should have asked before I did that. Yeah, you probably should have. But like Lucas, oh, I forget. That is a new one. Uh, Lucas coughs like crazy loud in the microphone. It creates a giant peak, so. They like it. But they don't because I edit all out. It makes it feel um, more real, you know? You hear the static like on a vinyl. Yeah. Uh, the, the sound bleed a little bit. The realest episodes are like our When Harry Met Sally, which you said you couldn't listen to because the audio was so bad. Yeah. That's me not doing things to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the movie opens up in some credits. You hear some singing, telling the truth. 
Just trying to come up with something. They are it's classy intro. They, <laughs> it's a classy intro. This is a classy intro for sure. Devin, Dev, Devin would probably think so. Because yeah, you only get like the main players, and it is them trying to come up with the with their new Simon and Garfunkel song, thrown right into the action. Trying to come up with something. They're they're just spitballing off the top. They don't have anything written down. Um, and then and have then you, after have they you guys come... ever tried to write a song before, Seth? I maybe have you. Seth's tried to write many songs. Yeah, plenty of times. Is I think this... I've written one or two good ones, but the, most of the time they end up like this. I mean, this was back in high school. Can you school. sing it for me right now? No, it was something stupid. It was like this track girl that I was interested in. Ooh. And I wrote a song about like... She's oh, a runner. God. She's a track star. No, no, no. That's I her feel, song. I feel like, hey, like this embarrassing pit in my chest thinking about the lyrics. I don't remember all of them, but I remember the cringiest part of it. Because it was something about running. And it was like running laps in my mind. Oh yeah, falling in. I think it was falling in love in record time. Was the, <laughs> That's yeah. good. It's horrible. Good it's lyrics. Great for, it's great for this movie though, because yeah. I like Lucas recommended to me. They start singing like that immediately. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> I who, get it. Who was this for? Uh, I don't remember. To be honest with you, Bethany Crisp. You don't believe me, dude? No, Bethany Crisp. <laughs> It was her. <laughs> she had the curliest nails in class. <laughs> Not because they were designed that way. She just let them grow out. Lucas didn't die that time. He actually screeched. Yes. Just, Lucas um, saved himself. Give me her. Give me her initials. No. Why not? Because <laughs> I don't want to do this right now. I want to know. It was a lot to like even express those lyrics just a minute ago. I won't tell you. Who and what they were for? Because you think there's still a chance? No, <laughs> no, I, I, there wasn't a chance at the time or now. And I, I don't even think I was interested. I think I was just like a 16 year old kid with hormones. I was like, I'm type it everybody. down so you don't have to say it on air. No, I want to know. No, I haven't you seen you in weeks. It was Bailey Bomar. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I don't think I would have got it if you would have said BB. Yeah, but then I would have been like, I might as well just say it. So you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, just so took enough peer pressure. They're coming up with songs and whatnot, and they finally cut settle on something. And now you get this weird battle of the bands esque performance at a bar, and they were definitely the worst of the groups. Yeah. They were. None of the groups were that great, but it's like a open mic. There's some pretty pretty classic punk rock stuff in there. I mean, if you're a fan of punk rock, which we know like everyone it. is. Yeah, there was no, some the, good stuff. There were some decent stuff. The but, Ramones, Brandon. But the Smiths. It's 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 Roger and Clark or Lyle and Chuck, which I, I had to, uh, quickly into it. I was like, wait, is that not their names? Like, I kind of had to figure it out. But uh, Roger and Clark get it. Uh, Those keys. What? I just heard jangling. That's their uh, screen door. Oh. Alex. So uh, Alex! Uh, Did she say hi back? Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> nice. Well, anyway, they get, uh, they get a talking to that they aren't really songwriters and need to sing songs people are already familiar with from their agent. What's his name? Marty Freed. Ma Marty. Marty, yeah. yeah. I didn't the remember the last agent name. name ever. 
<laughs> and uh so they they're now they are at the ad lib. Oh, this was a place. They're at the ad lib and they are just butchering together again. And this eventually song, this they song rules. Where they just have the bongos. <laughs> they love the bongo. Oh they're performing <laughs> yeah. and he's just doing the Yeah. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> and they, no, 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 no. they they butcher the performance. They have no money anymore, no backup plans. When Marty's like, he's like, I got two potential gigs for you. One's in Honduras and one's in Morocco. They're both for pretty lousy money. And he's like, the Honduras has the death squads, um, but you do have to get halfway the all the way to Morocco because I can only get you to the Canary Islands. Yes, um, rest, but like rest, you have to go themselves. <laughs> but like. I was thinking about the money thing because I like it's. I think it was like seventy five dollars a week for Morocco. It was or no, that was Honduras. 90. It was ninety, um, which is forty five dollars a person, which isn't great money. But in Morocco, it was probably decent spending money. You, you think it's just a third world country over there? I mean, it technically is. I was asking. I don't know. <laughs> you were like, is Morocco in Africa? <laughs> yeah. I knew where Morocco was. I just didn't know where. In top left corner, yeah, right across from Spain. What's the? That's what I told him. What's the capital of Morocco? Rabat. I did not know that one. What color is my underwear? Purple. Close. Ooh, Brown. It poop stains. No. But anyway, so they end up in this bar at night, just kind of like pondering with no real opportunities together anymore. They're like, I just want to be alone. When we get a flashback. This is great because he's like, yeah, he's like, I want to be alone. And he walks to the bar and then Warren Beatty follows him in there. He's like, this is the only bar that's like, open, dude. <laughs> only one that's open at night. Yeah. Is this okay? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I'll have a bourbon. And then the other end, he's like, make that too. And he's like, don't give him a bourbon. You'll fall on your face. Drink a beer. He's, he's like, okay, I'll drink a beer. He can't handle his liquor. It's, I didn't understand. It seemed like they were mad at each other when they weren't like mad the scene before. I didn't understand that. I think upset. they're just like at the end. They're at a wall with their band. They're like, this is it. We either have to, we're either over or we have to go to Morocco to play. So they're kind of just like trying to like take the time to think about it. But Warren Bates so he's like falls stressed. Down. Yeah, he's mad about yeah. that. So they flash back. Lyle is an ice cream truck driver, <laughs> and as he drives, coming up with jingles and not paying attention to the Hot kids. Hot fudge love. Not paying attention to the kids. And it was like a cherry ripple. Yes, cherry ripple. It's one of my quote. Oh, you got it later yeah. then. Um, yeah, he's so ringing the so. bell to the rhythm, and then all the kids are like, hey, hey we got a bar some. <laughs> not stopping for anybody. And um, <laughs> Chuck is a performer and apparently he he was at this restaurant a year ago and says if you come back i'm gonna perform a song for this old couple he sings the song i'm leaving some love in my will <laughs> to yeah. this old couple so old. Yeah, yeah he's like i'm gonna be dead soon <laughs> but don't worry there's love to still give you yeah it's in the will <laughs> it's in the will <laughs> for one of his better so songs fun. too it was I a good song. So. I, I liked it. I thought it was decent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a preposterous idea, too. but... Yeah. Yeah. Kane, who's Tell amazing. him that his songs are good, but she's like, you should also move in with me so your life would be a little bit easier. When a man in the restaurant 
hands him a note that says he's a songwriter. And this person is Lyle. They're like, oh, shit. So they kind of talk and whatnot. And now we get a montage of them writing songs together. Yeah, this is also cool because it's like Carol Kane, who's this classically beautiful Oscar-nominated woman. But in the movie, and she's just like, yeah, like, I'll do everything for you. Just move in with me. And then he's like, I don't really care. And then he gets a note from Warren Beatty. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Some guy I likes my song. Him. Yeah. Which is And then you never see Carol Kane again. Yeah. Well, one other time. Yeah. The very times. minimum though. A couple but, other times. So they're writing songs together in this montage, and then they have an argument over smuck versus schmuck. Then they start to go through Lyle goes through a divorce, so they he's there for him, and then Chuck goes through a breakup, and then they get together and Chuck ends up so devastated of his breakup that he's on the edge of his building, basically ready to jump. And he's he calls Lyle, like, just don't call the police. And then immediately you hear sirens. It, it's a very sincere moment, I think. Because he's like, he's really like worried. He's like, I was worried I wasn't oh. going to get here in time. So I had to call the cops. He's actually worried his friend is going to jump when, when I think Chuck was just looking for attention. Well, he... He wasn't out there when he made the phone call, That's so I was so wondering funny. if if he, he didn't get onto the ledge until he heard the police coming, because he like he it's did. better to be caught on the ledge. He did. He did. He did. I I also like as he's like sitting there waiting for uh, his friend to get there or to like jump out the window. He's still like riffing songs. It's like my tears are are dry. It's too big or hurt <laughs> to cry. Whatever it was, he's still going. And then, yeah, the cops show up. He darts out there with the pillow in hand. Oh, did I miss that part? What? Did I miss him going out there when the cops show up? Lyle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lyle. No, 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 no. Chuck. Yeah, he, they knock on the door. He's like, oh, shit. So he goes out on the ledge, and they're cornering him on the ledge. And oh, his, I don't even his see mom, that part. His dad, the rabbi are there. Yeah, to rabbi try Pierce is there. <laughs> Thank God Rabbi Pierce is here. You remember but, Rabbi Pierce? But Lyle eventually gets there and goes out onto the edge with him. The leap of faith, basically, as he coaxes him back in. Almost, they almost fall off from Dustin Hoffman just flailing. Yeah, it's a very but, uh, the, the the most heartwarming part of the movie, maybe going out there and it's, he's like, "You don't have, you know, how many people don't have a whole lot? They don't have someone to go out and allege for him like this." He it's invoking says, Jim Carrey's "Yes Man," or vice versa, maybe. No, and he's also. Like, you know, you, you even though you have nothing, it takes a lot of nerve to have nothing at a man your age. You should be proud of that. Yeah. He's like, That's Thanks. one of my favorite. Don't try to kiss me, Brandon. That is one of my favorite quotes. But he ends up getting him back in there. And now it's current day at the bar. And Chuck proposes that they take their show on the road to Morocco. And so you get the title drop of Ishtar. But it's also a setting drop card, basically, which I thought was nice. It's. Maybe my favorite movie intro ever, the first 25 minutes of Ishtar. Staying in New York. It's so good. It moves at such a good pace, too. I was going to say that as well, because it's very quick montage style. This funny scene on the next funny scene. They're writing songs. They're going to this. It's just so great. And then it kind of drags a little bit, in my opinion. But I st- the I'm first 25 is of- like a goat movie intro. I'm trying to think of like my favorite movie intros until where the title card drops like a long movie intro. I think one of my favorites is Wally. Like that title card doesn't drop until like 14 minutes in, and it's just oh, he's good, yeah, bleak. Pixar's got good ones. 
Um, but yeah, so they're they're gonna go to uh Morocco together. And people in Ishtar are talking about all the war that is nearing um them and how they won't be able to do their they've got like this map that I don't what was the map actually assigned to? Um, I don't, I don't what did it tell? particularly know. It, I knew it was a holy map. It was sort of like foretelling a prophecy of these two messengers that were going to come here and overthrow the, the government or whatever. I don't exactly remember what the map was leading to, though. Yeah, like, why, why do you need the map? I don't know why they needed the map. I think the map was more of a, a talisman of sorts. Oh, shit, a Tesselman. A Tesselman. It is um, tablature. But it seemed like they were doing, like, archaeology work or something, but, like, people start to close in on Omar, and he starts to run. He hid this map, and he tells... <laughs> I put he tells his babe, but it's actually his sister. I didn't know at the time. He did. He did. My nose are he tells his babe that it's hidden, but no one will find it. Then he gets stabbed and says the only people that will find it are two messengers from God. And you get a quick cut to Lyle and Chuck singing on a plane. I was like, this is a good cut. <laughs> that was a good Genius. cut. These are your messengers. Yeah, they're like making up songs as they do in the plane, wishing they had a pencil. Yeah. Some jazzy <laughs> airport music. After they wish too. they had a pencil the whole movie. That's a great bit. Run, running like gag, the best running gags too. Yeah, like but they genius. land. Let's write that down. It's like I don't have a pencil. They, they land in Ishtar, and a woman stops Chuck to get him to give him, uh, uh. to oh, to give her his passport, um, his clothes, his suitcase items, all that, it's so a, that she's able to get out of here. She scammed him. It's a you little never weird. See her again because it's it's Isabella Johnny. Who is a beautiful Hollywood starlet and was dating Warren Beatty at the time, which is another reason why this movie gets hated on. Because he was married. Oh, really? I didn't was, know that. Yeah, and he was married and he was dating a Johnny, like with an affair during this oh. movie. So people were not happy about that. But I don't get like why everyone's like, oh, she can obviously pass as this teenage boy, you know, when she's like this model actress. Yeah. Well, she. Everybody think yeah, everybody thinks she's a guy. I don't know why, but she even flashes him real quick because he thinks she's a dude and she's like, Oh really? One tit, like half a second. She's like, Oh shit. Like for a while. That was a boob. You have all the ways to prove to somebody. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Warren Beatty's way he found out she was a girl was feeling her tits, so it's a lot of breast humor. Yeah, Which so is great. She flashed him. Chuck definitely gives away his documents. But now he can't get a new passport in Ishtar and cannot travel with Lyle to their gig in Morocco. Yeah, that's the worst part of it, of course. Not that he's like been stranded in a war-torn country. He's like, I don't know, we're going to make our booking. You're going to have to do it solo. Do it solo. and um, He stay behind and become he, a CIA agent. <laughs> yeah, he stays behind. A fellow American, this is Jim Harrison in the hotel, comes to see him. And take him to dinner. He's like, oh, you're the only American here. Let's get dinner. I don't know what they were eating, but Dustin Hoffman's hands were so dirty as he was eating it. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I didn't think he was eating it right. I don't know if he was. It was just like a big bowl of veggies and meats, and he's got <laughs> garlic and oil just covering <laughs> his hands. 
These are such doofuses. There was like a lot of carbs on it. It kind of reminded me of like the the cornmeal surrounding of like a tamale too. Like his hands were just like, uh. but oh, I did it now. Jeez, it got caught on my watch right here. Cringe. But um, yeah, this other guy's a CIA agent. He's not there to just have lunch with him. He he cons him into thinking that. You know, like, he's like, oh, a big hotshot singer. And he's like, oh, can I have your autograph or anything? And he's like, oh, I'm a mm-hmm. CIA agent. Knows how to play I'm, him. I'm looking for new agents or whatnot. The pay starts at $150 a week or something. He's like, what? Yeah, Andy can get him access to, to Marrakesh where they're supposed to perform. Which is a big deal. That is a big deal. It's and Charles uh, Grodin, who's, who we love. Um, he's playing Chuck like a fiddle, gets him to be an inside man. He's the dad from Beethoven. Is he? Yeah, the dog movies. Well, he gets him with this big cash incentive to be his inside man, and now you're in Morocco, Lyle's getting ready to perform all by himself, and (laughs) butchering this performance. He doesn't take a single crowd suggestion. He's like, what songs do you guys like? And they all start naming stuff. He's like, well, check out this one. It's pre-rehearsed lines, so he's like, Hey, do you like Simon Garfunkel? <laughs> no one says a thing. He's like, me too. All right, let's get going. <laughs> that one woman suggests that's Amore like six times. She really so wanted funny. it. But Dustin Hoffman ends up hearing that because he comes in to save the day, gets him just in the nick of time to sing that as he as Lyle just kind of mumbles in the background. And uh, their show was such a big hit that they get a standing ovation. They bring the house down. And so they're kind of celebrating together, and um, he's like, well, you know what, I gotta, I'm gonna go take a drive now that I'm in Morocco, which is super suspicious. And Lyle's like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep. So Lyle's asleep when Shara, this is the girl that- The teenage boy. Took, the teenage boy, yeah, with the tit flash, comes into his room um, and tries to take his bag. He tackles her, and she kisses him. He's like- yeah. He's like, he kisses her back, and then he's like, wait, 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 wait. Sexual confusion going on. Momentarily. One, he thinks he kissed a dude. The other thing, he thinks he kissed a child. <laughs> Two. Three, he didn't back away immediately. No. Either. He lingered. Yeah. After, after he leaned in and kissed more, lingered. He had the And then back to it. <laughs> you have to. You have to let it linger. Yeah, I'm fool for you. For you. You got me wrapped around your finger. Yeah, did he, you he have did to let it linger? He, he had did. to. He did. He had to. Um, he had to let it linger. But, um, thinks she's a dude for the long time, even punches her in the face <laughs> until he grabs her breasts <laughs> so and realizes that She's a chick. This is this is Shira. Huh? Shari. Shira? Shari, I think. Shira. S H I R R A. Shira Cell. Shira Cell. Okay. Shira. And um sure. she confronts she... him the whole time saying that his roommate uh is a CIA agent and he must be wary of his actions and that they will meet again. When he buys a blind camel. She pretty quickly convinces him to be like a, an agent for her communist party. I mean, so did Jim. Jim was like... Yeah, that's the next thing too. But I guess 
I guess Chuck had the money incentive to get into it. Lyle's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, he's a true No, no reward. Well, he was also, like, kind of in love with her, too. Even when he thought I guess the reward was her, yeah. They're both easily... They both are roped in very easily to this international conflict. Um... Because, yeah, uh, because Chuck drives to go to a restaurant, actually, and meets with... To meet with Jim. Which is a very Uh, long scene and a lot of intrigue being talked about here. Oh, my God. There was so much back. Chuck was bugged with a pen that uh, that Jim gave him. And Jim's telling him about how Shara Asel has landed in this country and that she's a left-wing agent. But he's working with the emir of Ishtar. And they're trying to get back to Gaddafi in Libya. And that her brother was the guy, Omar, that hid the map and got killed. So now they're looking for the map. But she's the left-wing communist agent. So they need to stop him. And that he thinks that Lyle is part of the communist thing with Shara. So now both, basically both Lyle and Chuck are suspicious of each other. But they don't know why. Yeah, because they can't really keep up. Much like we can't. But it does put yeah. them against each other. Yeah, the the Simon and Garfunkel of the movie. One's a communist, one's a CIA agent now. It's it's not it's technically dramatic irony because we know what they don't, but we also don't know the background the same as them. It's double layered irony. Yeah, it's all in circles. But, um, after all that, Chuck's going back to try and get intel, and the next day, Chuck and Lyle are in this, like, Moroccan market, each testing each other with, like, the random political lingo that they heard from their their sides, and just try to catch the underperson slip undercover. Kind of, yeah. They're also, they're also like, looking for the camel market for... The blind camel, they're which is very funny. They're looking for the camel market. They're buying, like, it seemed like purses of some sort. That's a pretty cool market. Like, like ba- bags of some sort when they the, get held at gunpoint. Well, the lady asked him to, like, look for Muhammad at the thing. She's like, tell, tell Muhammad to buy a blind camel. So he's like, Muhammad. And then, like, everybody in the market comes up. <laughs> Muhammad. That's a good bit. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we'll sell you a camel. You, we'll sell why you a blind you na- camel. Do you want a dead why would camel? your name between? Why would your name be between McLovin and Muhammad? Muhammad's the most commonly used name in the Ishtar. world. Read a book. Yeah, he's like. Have you ever met anyone named Muhammad? Have you ever named anyone McLovin? A worse movie than this movie. I might. Dis- I'm going to disagree, but. But you're wrong. But yeah, I think it's you just funny. don't. You just don't get super bad. Oh, I get it plenty. No, you don't. You don't get it. I get it too much. He <laughs> gets it too much that it's derivative. It, it is funny of Ishtar. Ooh. It is funny that they're like the code word is a blind camel, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll get you a camel with one leg. I'll get you a dead camel. What else you need?" Yeah, and I get a also there was a, there was a, right before that a giant CIA shootout. They are being tracked by like sixty different like agents from different so sides. Different <laughs> and I was like, "Who the fuck is who?" They're all dressed in. <laughs> They were all dressed in Hawaiian shirts, but also had, like, like hijabs on. So I was like, who is who? Some were just vagrants. They were just homeless guys. <laughs> yeah. The- 60 out of nowhere just start shooting. So many people die, but yeah, Chuck and Lyle escape. They escape with, a, like, a random tour guide whose uncle was the owner of that rug shop 
it's funny because he's a rug dealer. That's a good joke. Seth didn't get it. I didn't hear it. Stone. It's oh yeah, dealer. he didn't even hear it. He deals rugs. That's funny. He was like, "Oh, I completely missed that." I was like, "You didn't hear him say, how do we tell them that we're not in the rug business?'" Yeah, I missed that part. But so they end up getting out of there. Jim is meeting with the Emir of Ishtar, who's not convinced that these two hooligan American singers are random pawns. He thinks they're in on this. So he wants them executed now so that the map isn't found. It's it's easier if they're dead and they find it on their own. Even if they've got an inside man in, in Chuck. Yeah, too complicated. And so Shira confronts Chuck. She's already confronted Lyle. She meets back with him. And tells him that she went through her suitcase that she gave him. And that the map wasn't in there. She's sure that he gave it to the CIA agent. But now she finds out that Chuck is not some international agent. Kind of opens up to him. And he kind of falls in love with her. He does. He's he's more upset. He's like, how come you didn't choose me to be your communist? Like, I would, I would, why did you choose Lyle? <laughs> I would have been a great communist. So yeah, they, all bo- they are both in love with her. And he's more upset. Like, he's like, I didn't want to be on the CIA. I want to be on your team. You didn't ask me. God. And uh, meanwhile, Lyle buys this blind camel, like you said. Let's go. And, like, a bunch of clothes. <laughs> Let's go! The camel is tight. fucking go. He buys a bunch of clothes to try and disguise themselves. And while Chuck tells Lyle to go change, Jim intercepts Chuck. Talks to him about he met, how he met with Shira, and he wants to get them out of there so that they don't get killed because of Lyle. So they have to wander into the desert until they see an oasis. There's a good bit here where he's he tells them to point at the camel when they're talking to make it seem like they're haggling over the camel or whatever. So he just points at the camel the entire time. Dustin Hoffman, Academy Award winner. He's pointing at the camel for gags. He's great. I'm not a camel. Dan. Dan. <laughs> Dan. Oh, fuck you, Dan. Fuck you, Dan. I went to Coldstone the other day. Is that had, true? It is true, Dan. They had two new hires. Dan wasn't there. The lady was like, it's my second day. I'm sorry. I was like, well, we used to work here. It's okay. We understand. She's like, now I'm more nervous. <laughs> two new hires since when? I don't know. They were both pretty new. They didn't talk at all. They didn't talk to anyone. They're mute. They, <laughs> they were mute, yeah. That's how Peter Pitt was today, too. Yeah, they had a lot of new hires. But um, so he he talks and they say they must wander into the desert. And while he's talking with Chuck, Shira intercepts Lyle because she noticed Chuck talking to Jim. So she tells him to go into the desert and drop these beads that she gives him so he can find a way back so that they won't be killed. But both of these plans are actually just a way to get them to die in the desert without anyone knowing. They realize that it's more of a hassle to keep their one inside man alive than lose everything that they've worked for. Yeah. And they supposedly know, they're the only ones who know that Sherrod doesn't have the map. So if they die on their side, then she can keep up the illusion that she has the map. Correct. Utter importance. Because she, t- she, told, she told Chuck that she didn't have it. Yeah. But it's important that she does. He doesn't tell people that she doesn't have the map. I was like, I was looking to Seth. I paused. I was like, wait, wait, wait. There's so many negatives going on right now. What does she want? She wants love, after all. Oh, is that right? She wants respect. R e s p e c k. She does. 
She does. And um, so they wander into the desert. They're just out there. And Chuck ends up passing out. The vultures just start circling him. Um, <laughs> and like, that was just resting. Get away. <laughs> but he comes to as they start to get wary of each other. And now Chuck and Lyle freak out because <laughs> they're about to miss their show. They're like, oh, shit, our show. Yeah, but, so, and they're worried about their reputations. Like, word's going to get out. We miss shows. They're going to be blackballed. <laughs> the press will get word of this. But then they end up confronting each other about why they're actually working for each side with Shira and with Jim, all the all the hearsay that they've heard on each side. And they start to realize that neither of them know the full story or what they're even talking about. They're like, oh, huh. So a metaphor for America, maybe. Oh, maybe. Probably. <laughs> maybe. And now they're also both mad because they think Shira is their girl. Start yelling at each other when a sandstorm hits. I was like, what the fuck? She told me that there's no wind in the desert. Yeah, Nobody was which, even talking about it. Which like, I this think must, were- might, must be a rare yeah. event. <laughs> They keep up that up the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, it's like it's a one in a million chance. <laughs> so we got hit with the sand. Sure, there was wind. Yeah, <laughs> and the the camel was like lying down, starts moving while they're on its back as they ride out into the storm. And they make it through. They come to a stopping point when they see armed soldiers in a truck, lots of camels around it. Chuck sends Lyle down because he's the only one dressed up to get some water for them. Um. And then all of a sudden, they see Chuck up on the hill. They're like, are you the auctioneer? He's like, yes. Yeah, he does some macho libre shit. So he comes down. He has to try and sell a bunch of guns to the Arabic Berbers. Is Berbers a word? Berber. Yeah, that's a good tribe, I think, there. Chris Berber from Mr. Gerber's class. Raktaka <laughs> at the Harvard Wall. Yeah, you've got it. Um, and so he's got to apparently translate for all of these different... Like Arabic like dialects. Mercenary Arabic dialects out in the middle of the desert. And it gets pretty racist as he just starts yeah. screaming in God knows what dialect. It does. Yeah, but I think every, the joke is on, on Dustin Hoffman because everyone's like, what the fuck is going on here? Until Warren Beatty comes in and he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he uh, he had since he sent Lyle down, he had the inside man down there. So the gibberish that he said, Lyle was like, "Oh shit, I need to help." Because one of the things was like, "Tell them all your camels are gone." And so he's just shouting things, and then Lyle heard it. He understands. So he's like, "Scabbergula!" and runs around the corner. They all run and check it out. So they all freak out and stuff. And it ends up being somewhat of a they success an of an going. auction. Yeah. yeah. And so they start selling things when an American chopper comes in because they put a tracking device on Chuck. He's got a little pager that they've, the CIA has been tracking their location. I loved when the camel's just doing circles and it would cut to the CIA just, just watching their little beeper go in circles. Like, where are they going? Are they drunk? No, the camel's blind. The camel's just blind. But... They're like, oh, they've been stopped for over 20 minutes. They must be dead or passed out. So they, the chopper comes in to basically see if they're dead. When it sees they're still alive, they turn around. Chuck and I are like, oh, shit, they didn't see us. <laughs> they thought they were going to be rescued. Yeah, all they're left with is a bunch of weapons. 
not a bad not a bad trade but they're <laughs> crawling through the desert dragging weapons dying of dehydration when they start just singing songs to each other laughing he's like my lips hurt real bad he's like well let's sing a song yeah. my Blues. lips are on fire chuck with desire <laughs> dying of dehydration yeah, and then still they're just like get a pencil get a pencil uh. yeah he's <laughs> no, so pencil. good it's funny because he's like, get a pencil, and uh, what it, Lyle's like, I think, I think I found a way out of here, and he spots the map on the back of him as the next part Brand's about to get to. Yeah, but he's like, I think I found a way out of this, and he's like, Did he? What is on the map? He's like, Lyle, don't lose it now. When the whole time he's like, get a pencil, <laughs> get a pencil. <laughs> yeah, so he stands up looking for a pencil, sees that. He's wearing his jacket to protect him from the sun. Chuck is inside out. And on the inside of the jacket, matching kind of the color and like the the pattern of the inside of the jacket, Omar had sewn the map on the inside. And they're like, holy shit, this is a map. They don't really know what it's for. But now they both come to the realization that like they've been duped the whole time. They were also like, those beads never shined in the desert. What the hell? <laughs> Gerard told him that the beads were going to shine. So like, well, shit, she tried to kill us in the desert. And then this helicopter comes back like, oh, thank God we're going to be rescued. They get fired at by a rifle. <laughs> so they're like, oh, well, everyone's trying to kill us. And they, they have these, they have the guns. So yeah, they, they shoot back. They resolve about it. They're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just be Rogers and Clark versus the world. <laughs> Fires back. It's pretty sweet. Shoot back is like I was a hunter. Yeah. Better hunters than the turkey hunters. And I used to, to hunt before the tire factory opened up. <laughs> it's yeah. such a Midwestern thing to say. Yeah, in the middle of the desert in an international That's kind conflict. Of part of their dynamic because we know that Dustin Hoffman's character was like a kind of a rich kid supported by his parents his whole life. Lived with him until he's thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Versus a kid who had to get married at seventeen and had to hunt for food before work. So they shoot at the helicopter, scared off. The <laughs> gym at the CIA is like, "Fucking send the Apache in!" <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, Brandon was like, send, so hard. At he was that like, part. he was like, send the ground, whatever. I can't remember what he said, but you see two it helicopters like the- coming. There's clearly one passenger helicopter and then there's the fucking one that you can see the wings that have like the missiles and the the gatling guns on you like oh yeah. shit that's an apache coming for sure brandon was laughing so hard at that because those guys leave they're like what do you and he's like what do you want us to do boss like they're shooting back they got weapons and he goes that's ah, fine i'm sending in like the the gun battle shit <laughs> brandon's laughing like for two guys <laughs> sending an apache and the camel and i was dying laughing the next part because they're they uh the camels like not moving at all. It's like, come on, let's go. And then, then they're like, actually, I kind of admire him for that. Yeah, you know, that was a good quote. His ground. He's yeah. stealing yeah. quotes, I see. But yeah, he's like, he'd rather sit here and get shot than get up when he's told to. He's like, yeah, and he's, yeah, I kind of admire that though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they hide behind the camel. The Apache comes up. They're about to be fired on when Abdul, their random tour guide from earlier, is like, I've been looking for you. Comes up. He's like, luckily I had a passenger. It's Shira. Like the wine. That's Sharona. My Sharona. <laughs> My Sharona. My Corona. Um, and she's there. She's She tells them all that she's learned. And they all work together and fire on the helicopters with some fucking heavy artillery. Grenade launchers, etc. Yeah. <laughs> Did you quote me on the Halo talk? 
No. Oh, I was like, they literally have like all the Halo weapons. They had a rifle, a mounted turret, a grenade launcher, the rocket launcher, bazooka. I was like, all they need left is the needler. And yeah. Seth was like, do you know how to use the needler? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just fire it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hands him an bit. alien gun. The U.S. had an energy sword too. The gravity, the gravity hammer. Close combat, yeah. But um, so they they start firing on with heavy artillery. CIA abandons the mission, and eventually they end up giving this map that they found to their agent Marty. Good call. And he is now negotiating with Jim that Shira wants social reform in Ishtar, and they have to promote Chuck and Lyle on a worldwide album. And a residency at the Casablanca Inn or something. Yeah, because this slimy agent is determining world negotiations now. And for order to be peace, there has to be sweeping social reforms, but also all this concert shit. And Jim's like, honestly, we could get rid of the Emir of Eshtar. We could kill him. The hardest part is getting these guys an album. (laughs) Super funny. But he, he gets them their residency, and now we get to see an entire show. Of self-written songs by them. That's part of the with, movie, yeah. Ev- yeah, yeah. Everyone's watching. This is just a showcase of terrible songs, but they're doing what they love. They are putting on a show. Like, there are a bunch of, like, army folks in there, like, applaud now. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. The, some of the highlights Good here. Song. My favorite is the, the his single they said, which is the Mecca song. Oh, like, yeah. Mecca. oh, yeah. <laughs> Mecca. It's the place with the old tree. <laughs> This, this is going to be their single. A funny old tree. But what you first said to me. Of course, there's How Big Is Venus, How Big Is Mars. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> I hope Mars. you played I'm Leaving Some Love in Your Will. But they finish by singing a song to Shira. They're like, this is devoted to you. Go ahead and sing it. The it's been left. stuck in your head all day, it's Seth. It's been stuck in my head. Go ahead. Like, even before we started watching the movie. Go ahead. It's been stuck in your head. Bad. Sing it now where you're left for dead. Okay. That bread. I was just about to say, sing it the now bread. and you'll get that bread. I'm not getting paid for sing this. Sing it! They're not paying me for this. I don't want to sing it now. Mm. He doesn't want to. I don't want to. Just go watch the movie and you'll hear it. But yeah. It, if I'll give you a hint. It's derivative. Telling the truth. <laughs> you start to sing it as I give them a hint. Telling the truth is a dangerous business. Honest and popular, don't go hand in hand. And then that's all I have. There's something about playing accordion. How'd you get in that band? Oh, yeah. If they find out that you play the accordion, they will let you you into the rock and roll band. band. Yeah. Da-da-da-da. All I think of... No. (laughs) (laughs) Da-da-da-da. <laughs> you love monster theme songs. We already went over <laughs> this. Right, right. Um, but it's funny because anytime that immediately when that song came on, I think back to I think it was like it was like Valentine's Day when we said we were doing Ishtar, and both of you guys just immediately start going, Telling the truth is a dangerous thing. <laughs> you sang it together, and I was like, What are you guys singing? Because I was for once, I'm the one left out of the blue it's of watching the movie. better than Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah. Lie! But the clay, what about the Clay Aiken version? Better. I, didn't, I, I haven't heard mm. any of them. Mm. This is just one of the... I, Lucas has recommended a few movies mm. that I've seen. And this is one that apparently just really got to me. 
<laughs> At least that one song did, you know. But so they sing that song to Shrush. She loves them. Yeah. And that. She's crying. Yeah, she is. That's important to say that she's crying. Yeah. But she, that, are you okay, ma'am? It. She's the yeah, one I just, person. I just think they're amazing. <laughs> that is the end of Ishtar. And the end of Elaine May's directing career. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Screaming. Reaching. It's a shame. It's, just, it's such a shame. How many fucking Dennis Dugan movies have we done? Give one Ooh, to Elaine. Who? <laughs> the Adam Sandler fucking freak. Probably only one. Jack and Jill, etc. We've done multiple M. Night Shyamalan's. I no, just mean in We're... general, just in the world. How many? Oh, those, I those see exist? what you're saying. A, mm. a ton. I thought we clearly. I thought we meant us, but it's a shame. Mostly, our our big directors are apparently David Dakota, Ted Key as a writer, um, Michael Bay, M, M Night Shyamalan, and Michael Bay. Those are our our big ones, but our big dogs. Oh, 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 oh. Ah. That's Seth. God. Um, you're wearing a mountain goat shirt today. Yeah, it's my podcasting shirt. Um, so with that, that is the end of the movie. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Like and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Follow us on Anchor and social media and Quiz. Shit. Hot fudge love, chocolate covered. Hot fudge love, cherry ripple kisses. Dishes, knishes, nutritious. This is, this is, bliss, blisses. This is, Lip smacking, back slapping, perfectly delicious. No, no. Hot fudge love, cherry ripple kisses. Lip smacking, back slapping, perfectly delicious. What's the matter, honey? Alright ladies and gentlemen, you've been gathered here today for some QRRs. <laughs> Thank you, Ishtar. <laughs> I am Ishtar. Yeah. And this is my circus. I don't care. You sound like a snake oil salesman. I don't know what that accent is. A snake oil salesman. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. It's back in the day, it's these guys with the miracle elixirs, you know, a love potion or cures your mm. your achy joints or whatever. My and then, achy, breaky heart. You know, take this and and four or five days you'll be recovered. But four or five days later, right. guess where the snake oil salesman's gone? Oh, yeah. To the next He's snake. gone anywhere else. He's wow. Not, is that the point of it? That the snake oil salesman's selling oil to a snake? Like back to him? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're more wow. right. Now you sound like Pee Wee Herman. That's my other character. If it's he didn't a, want to be Pee Wee Herman, guy, yeah. it's just a um, guy. Quotes. How many do we have? I only have nine. It's not bad. I have fifteen. What? Hold on. I got a text from Glacier Alert. What? <laughs> there's a glacier heading your way. Be advised that you access. <laughs> I don't have any of this. Whatever. Anyway, my quote. Was there though, a glacier heading your way? No, it's like a service. I think I'm being scammed. Um, Eleven. Okay.
Lucas, you're first up. Half. Do them all, Lucas. Whoa! It's his movie. I'll just do half. It, it, is, it is my darling movie. The first one is um, one of their songs. The my favorite one? quote in the whole movie. <laughs> um, my favorite quote in the whole movie is they're just writing songs and then Warren Beatty with an apple in his mouth while he's eating it, just firing off lyrics. He goes, there's a wardrobe of love in your <laughs> eyes. Take some time, look around, see if there's something your size. Yeah. And then Dustin Hoffman is like, "What? Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I made, Write that down, write that down. I made Brandon rewind it because he didn't see that part. It's so we fun. watched that part twice. So I, I took that too, but I put the ellipses in there as he tries to think of the next side. She said, come look, there's a wardrobe. And he's like, uh, of love in my eyes. <laughs> as he's eating yeah. an apple too. Just chilling. Um, another... The very beginning, I think maybe the first line of the whole movie is they're thinking of the song. And he goes, "Tell him the tell him the truth is a is a scary predicament." <laughs> like good lyric, <laughs> <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. So many hard consonants. <laughs> yeah, another lyric here while they're so doing their cool. opening montage is one of their songs. He says, "I gotta have software. I gotta have software. Gotta have software." For my machine. <laughs> I missed that yeah. one. I vaguely oh, remember hearing what, that. What could that possibly be? <laughs> it's a and song by Bill Gates. My, my fourth one here is Warren Beatty to Dustin Hoffman's character. He said, if only I looked like you. As like this, Warren Beatty's this tall, gorgeous, Mr. Olympia looking Strong guy. Jaw. Yeah, known for being super handsome, and Dustin Hoffman's a short, little, big nose guy. We, we talked that's, about that. That's, the, that's uh, the funny part. I couldn't wear that jacket; I'd look like a truck. <laughs> we talked about that height <laughs> discrepancy. Yeah, I swear there was the last time I watched this. I swear there was a scene straight up where he's talking about his wife leaving him, and he's just like, "You think it's because I'm too tall?" <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't see that part. Or I didn't hear that part. I don't remember that. Yeah. There's some height stuff where he's like, yeah, you're small, you're, you know, you're spry. Maybe I didn't watch the right version this time. <laughs> um, and then my, my last one for now, let's see, is um, Isabella Johnny flashes Dustin Hoffman in the airport to prove she's a woman. And he goes, look what you have. <laughs> it's boobs. I I one too. Seth, it's your turn. All right. On your new phone. Yeah. Look, Brandon, I made the numbers well, green. You should get a you should get a phone case and a screen protector. It's on its way. Oh, good. Uh, my first quote is: "Most men lead lives of quiet desperation." I just thought it was mm. profound. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Poignant. Oh, this is the addendum to what Lucas was saying. I guess you guys are both talking about it earlier. Uh, when he's on the ledge and he says, takes a lot of nerve at your age to have nothing. But the rest of the quote is, yeah, you're saying that you'd rather have nothing than settle for less. Which I also thought was cool. Uh, Some little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, that, yeah that, was, that was part of why I love this movie. This is when they're playing the songs and everyone's shouting out songs to them. Or I guess it's just Warren Beatty up there. And she's <laughs> like six times just, that's Amore! Mm. And the, somebody else in the crowd is like, man, this guy just keeps playing. Like, that's not, <laughs> of course, that's, he's not here to satisfy your every need. He's like pissed about it. Uh, 
Oh, that's, we kind of quoted Bran earlier already, but goddammit, Robert was supposed to be on for our second Camel movie. That would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> two of two. This is with uh, Dustin Hoffman and the CIA guy. It says the mm-hmm. CIA, Jim Harrison. Yeah, Jim Harrison says she's a suspected terrorist, and uh, Dustin Hoffman says, granted, but that doesn't mean she sleeps around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'll end there. You've got a lot of respect. I, I'll end there for now. Let's see what I got. Uh, and I end my turn. This is also like in the intro credits because you said the telling the truth is a scary predicament. They're singing more lyrics to that. The one that caught my ear was telling the truth coming out of a tunnel. <laughs> they're like, and when you leave that tunnel, there's a bitter herb. And I was like, what? <laughs> There's never been a hit song with the word herb in it. That's he says later on. Telling the truth coming out of a tunnel. Yeah, they're so good. Um, Another song lyric. Saturday morning, the sound of a lawnmower. It touches my heart. (laughs) Americana. There's a second lawnmower mentioned at the end of the movie, too. It's one of their songs. Really? Yeah. It was like lawnmower, lawnmower. What can it do? <laughs> it pretty much does the one thing that's in the name. Um, song lyric. Yes, the best. Hot fudge love, cherry ripple kisses. You did have this. Lip smacking, back slapping, perfectly delicious. Back slapping got me. <laughs> Just sounds crude. Back slapping. You're in the middle of something. Ice cream. Vulgar. <laughs> you're back slapping. Yeah! <laughs> you're also confused about what you're supposed to do. Um, you took my other song like she said, come, there's a wardrobe of love in my eyes. Um, hey, it takes a lot of nerve to have nothing at your age. Um, what are you doing here? Breaking into hotel rooms, robbing someone, and kissing guys on the mouth? Yeah, this just seems like a weird third thing to do <laughs> as a criminal. That's his signature. That's how he leaves every crime scene. The DNA swab the victim's lips. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect. <laughs> it's like the furthest thing. And let's see. <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> I break in. I steal his nice leather jacket from his suitcase. I make rob out. The DNA gets all muddled. Yeah. It's... I rob him. We make out a bit. He fondles me. I leave. I leave. Um, all right, here's my last two for now. Uh, oh, we kind of mentioned this. Another song lyric. I feel so small when I look at the stars. How big is Venus? How, How big, big is, is Mars? Thank you. I feel he so leans into the yeah. mic and he says it I all I feel quiet. so small when I look at the sky. How big is heaven? How big am I? <laughs> And then the army table goes nuts. Yeah. Like, oh! <laughs> they lose it. Well, they have, you're doing it too well, Brandon. You gotta Under sing orders. off key when you're doing all True. these. And my last With one now flexing. is like the two CIA agents in Hawaiian shirts talking to each other through Maraca Market. The one goes, mm. the KGB is here. I recognize two agents. The one goes, the one dressed as Texans? No. The one dressed as Arabs. The one dressed as Texans are Arab agents. I recognize two guys from the Turkish intelligence. He goes, which ones? The ones in Hawaiian shirts? No. 
The Bermuda shorts. Those ones are just tourists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, and then but they ended up being the ones that got them with the guns. Yeah, they I was, did. I was gonna say, uh, the everybody's wearing Hawaiian shirts in that whole chase. Basically, there's so many Hawaiian shirts. Those are just tourists. They're not being too discreet about it all. Lucas finishes off Hawaiian shirt in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it's warm in the market. Warm in the market. Um, <laughs> when they're when uh. Sharia or Sharout breaks in at night uh, to warn Beatty. He catches her and he's like, man, didn't your dad ever do nothing for you? Like, you should buy yourself something fun, like a kite or a fishing pole. <laughs> I laughed at the good kite. old. And she's like, I don't I don't have food. Good old fashioned American fun. <laughs> I have no food. A kite. Um, when they're in the desert uh, and Warren Beatty's dropping beads and Dustin Hoffman gets annoyed at him. He's like, how come you're dropping beads, huh? Beads? Which reminded me of Arrested Development. Bees! A classic. Yeah. A classic. I sent you guys both the Snapchat of when it was Will Arnett on the Fox show Lego Masters, the reality show where they're building things. Like, we've got this this spinning wheel that's got bees on there. And he goes, bees? Bees? And they're like, yeah, bees. And he, like, winks at the camera. Because they didn't get it (laughs) at all. He didn't even wink. The contestants were like... Oh, yeah, he... The contestants they bring on are just annoying little sycophants that'll like hype up whatever the Good host work. says. It, thank you. But and he um, just he kind of they like went along with it and they like got all energetic and they're like, yeah, there's bees everywhere. Da, da, da. And he nods. Will just, yeah. No, he didn't even nod. He just like shrugged no, he, almost. He, he nodded. I'll pull it up for you. All right. Well, I like my version better, so don't show me it's what wrong. actually happened. I like mine better, Brandon. Lucas, are you? Is it you? It's still him. Yeah, it's, um, when Dustin Hoffman is pretending to be a oh, Brian is showing everyone how he is wrong. Is that mine? That's that's your pregnancy test, yeah. Um, he's when he's at the infiltrating the arms dealership and he's pretending to be an interpreter. Nice. Um, Dustin Hoffman and says we had we had much Delft, we had much Delft, <laughs> um, so much Delft. I remember what is Delft anyway. I remember that. I don't think that's a Delft. word. Okay. Don't know. Brandon, stop showing um, me. And then my final quote for the day: As the helicopters are coming back, they're sort of preparing for their last last stand on Earth with guns pointed at the helicopters. They start riffing again. He goes, "That ain't poverty, baby." <laughs> they sing their song again. He goes, "That ain't poverty." And the last one here is: He's we didn't need a pencil for that one. They remembered their lyric. I really didn't need a pencil. Don't show me that picture. I look like shit. And that's it for me. That looked great in that one. Seth, it's you. All right. Um, this is in the middle of their big chase in the market. Excuse mm-hmm. me. One of the guys that had him at gunpoint got shot. And he dies. And... uh Chuck says, are you all right? To the guy that's like folded <laughs> yeah. over. In the middle of a gun gunfight, yeah. This is from Shira Asel when she decides to lead the two wise men into the desert. She says, it is better to mm-hmm. kill two men than 200, but it is much harder. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Don't get out of here. She's like fighting back tears. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, we did this one already too. When they're dying in the desert, says, "Oh my god, we're gonna miss our show." <laughs> <laughs> they freak out about that. They are so upset. You guys, <laughs> oh shit, we're gonna miss our show. That reminds you guys haven't seen One Punch Man, have you? No. 
Mm-hmm. It's like the second episode where he's fighting this monster and he like easily kills it. And then the thing is like, all right, I guess I'm going to get serious. So it like levels up and it's like punching him around and beating his ass. And he's like, oh my God, this isn't good. And the monster's like, yeah, you don't like that, do you? And he's like, oh my God, I didn't realize. And he's like still kicking his ass. And he's just like, there's a fucking <laughs> sale today I'm going to miss. And he kills him in like one punch again. And he sprints back to the market for his like Saturday only coupon yeah. he's got. It's, yeah, it's, oh my God. And you think they're going to be upset about it. Yeah. I don't have to explain it. That's great. Um, There's grape. Grape. Cherry, even. It's grape. This one we already did as well when the helicopter comes by and they're like, shit, they didn't see us. <laughs> they clearly <laughs> saw you. Yeah, they're the only two standing there. Everybody else cleared the area. and They're waiting there. I'm just like, there's the Americans. They're not dead. I think this one's from Brandon, but I don't remember what the context is. It might be when they're singing songs crawling around. Or maybe just funny. He says they're so close to being dead. <laughs> that is me. Uh, and the last one's also a song lyric. Just life is the way we audition for God. <laughs> I think at, at the very end. Brandon laughs. Very I Very Catholic down. beliefs, yeah. Watch him nod. Alright, watch him nod. He, he's gonna nod. Okay. My finish of quotes. When they're in the desert... Chuck to Lagos, take one step at a time. This water has to last you about another 48 minutes. And Lagos, why, what happens then? He's like, well, we run out of water. <laughs> In 48 minutes, yeah. Um, there should be an oasis. We already mentioned this. Uh, Stupid-ass camel. He'd rather sit there and die. He'd rather get shot. Well, actually, I kind of admire that. He didn't nod. He nods. No, he did the sideways nod where he's like, ah, they don't get it. You like said... I said, you said he doesn't nod, he does the sideways nod. That's not a nod, though. I, that's the only name I have for it. But this <laughs> this is not a nod. It's like a, ah, uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, he cocking, does, he does the cock, is what he did. There's yeah. the bees. I see the bees. Um, I did those. Um, did that one. Here's when uh, Chirac comes up to... Dustin Hoffman in his room and tells him all about the map and everything, and they have a heart-to-heart moment. He, she sits down on the bed next to him. He's like, "Hey, don't sit on the bed. It's too late for that now." <laughs> yeah, why was he mad about that? Um, <laughs> this is this is. Uh, she was trying to do some. This is them talking about the camel. Hold her tight. Well, I can't hold her too tight. It hurts her tooth. It's cute. She had this tooth problem. You have to hold it up. Um. This is Jim talking to uh, Chuck about things. He goes, do you know anything about the desert? And Chuck goes, yeah, that's where Las Vegas is. Cute, huh? <laughs> yeah, they both laugh about that. Um, yeah, got I'll have to remember that. That's funny. Penultimate quote is, the helicopter pilots watch a bazooka missile go by, and their helicopter turns to watch the missile pass them. Seth loved the turn of the helicopter. That's so funny, because they, they're human beings in there. They can turn their necks with a whole helicopter. Whoa. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's good physical comedy. Yeah, it's great. They go... And it's small. Talking to Jim over the radio, they go, Sir, I don't think this mission is covert anymore. We are now openly firing at two Americans and God knows who else. And they are armed to the teeth. Yeah, I don't know what you had in mind, but... <laughs> we should yeah, they- probably abort mission. Yeah. Yeah, and Jim's just like, all right, just get out, get out, get out, fuck. 
And my last one is a Seth quote. It's Seth and me going back and forth. So oh, goes, shit. I made so it is Ishtar in Morocco? And I go, yeah, I think so. And Ishtar is, is a goddess. He goes, of war. I was like, yeah. And she resembles Athena also, the goddess of love. And Seth goes, yeah, the goddess of fuck. I don't think she is the goddess of love. Uh, Athena. Fertility was fertility. Ishtar. I don't know about Athena, though. I think Athena was She's wisdom, wisdom actually. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of um, Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Yeah, Aphrodite. Or, or uh, Persephone. Or Persephone or Venus, all of the above. So I was wrong, but, but I just like Persephone. The... Venus and Aphrodite are the same. I thing. thought Persephone just was Roman just the Greek. love interest of Hades. I didn't know if she was. Was she still a god though? I think she's fertility and flower. Flowers. Okay, so that's kind of closer to Ishtar, but Ishtar was also war. Yeah. She's, she's Kratos and Venus. And they're all true. Kratos. God of War. The video game. He's not... Well, yeah, but like he's not the god of war. Ares is the god of war. He's just Kratos chill. is just some guy. Jupiter... Which one's which one's the god of war in Roman? Mars. Is it Mars? Jupiter. I thought it was Mars. It's Mars. Mars. Jupiter. Jupiter Zeus. Zeus. Okay. Um What's that is that is cool. Yeah, I guess I was wrong with the uh Athena thing, but the goddess of fuck. I did say you that. You said it nice. pretty centrally. Did I? Yeah. It was just you and me in this dark, steamy basement. Don't <laughs> You can't just say that thing and expect me yeah. not to Yeah, <laughs> that you. is kind of my That's fault. That's your fault. Yeah. Uh, it's rating time. Seth, you're down 5-0, which means you've lost. So what are we doing here? Just guess it anyway. 15. Rotten Tomatoes tomato For meter? Seth? Sure. Okay. Who cares? It's critics. I think it's like a 35. I think it's a 27. <laughs> you're changing. Okay. No, I'm sticking with 15. Okay. Either way, Lucas wins. That's fucked up of you to it's do to uh, me. It's a 40%. Oh, good for them. Okay. Pretty close. That's and, like horrible, but good for them. Yeah. Because it's better than I thought. Lucas kicking it off for Rotten Tomatoes audience percentage. 35. Okay. 27. Sticking with it. Yeah. Our winner today is Lucas. Yeah, that makes sense. He's up 7-0 to 39. Even closer. 40 and 39 on Rotten Tomatoes. Bad, but not horrendous. Like, mm-hmm. Razzie-worthy, like they got the awards for. Um, And then IMDb, Metascore, Critics, out of 100. You're kicking it off, Seth. Ah. <laughs> Man, Critics. Is that a song? Ah. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to be stern in this episode. Do you want a 4.6 or a 46? Jesus. (laughs) 46. Okay. He's going to be stern this episode. I'll do a 39. What are these? It's a 52. Nice. Do I get a warning or? You, You guess normally. He didn't listen to my ratings. For, He's gonna for the next one. Do I get a warning? Take away yes. all my basketballs if I'm not a good boy and do best out of a hundred like I'm supposed to. <laughs> Yo, you better watch your ass or you won't get no basketballs yeah, anymore. I'm out there dribbling nine of them at once. Like, Dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one guy in the rec center. You ever see him, Lucas? That was always he took five balls and would just dribble them down the court and we're like, Can I borrow? And he's like, No. <laughs> I'm busy. 
He's in the NBA now. No, he's not. He is. He's uh, he Austin is. Reeves. Yeah, he's, he's Austin Reeves. He's Austin Reeves. Did he fuck? He had to pop oh, off Lucas tonight for some reason. I don't really know what that was about. Um, And Lucas, audience score out of 10. 58. You get a chance now. Do you want 58 or 5.8? 5.8. You don't get that chance. I've already warned once. That's so fucked up of you to do. He wants to so he bad. wants to he wants to use his power, his arbitrary power as this sort of to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was you going to say you, de facto monarch, but I, if you want to I go with the higher number, you me. can just lose eight one instead of seven two. What well, feels better? <laughs> I don't know. Just give me like a four six again. Four point six. What did you say? 58? I don't remember. I thought you said 58, 58, yeah. 5.8 and 4.6. One of you guys is right! We're two points! It's Seth. Give me 10! No. (laughs) Damn it. 7.3. Lucas is still a winner, but it is a 4.6. But, you know, I love 7.3, so it's really a win for everybody. It's a 7.3, yeah. Except Brandon, who had to punish us. Loser. (laughs) I'm a fucking loser. Um, We should have... Brandon, can... I'll Google it later, actually. What do you I don't want to say? Make, I was going to say, can you figure out a way to do a soundboard? But, you know, I think I'd rather do that. Oh, well, I've thought about buying a soundboard. Yeah. And doing things. Well, I'm just wondering if... It's called a keyboard. Yeah. No. Because if you have a soundboard, would it come from the soundboard? Or would you have it hooked up to your computer and it plays the audio from the computer? I would have downloaded tracks that I could push and play through. I don't and they'd play, like, on... The, Probably. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have to record it through the mic. Yes. Okay. Because I think we should, we have some good, you know. <laughs> some good bits. Like Lucas saying loser, and, you know, we could just hit that button every yeah. once in a while. Every four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep just pushing the button. You motherfucker! After every nerd fact you yeah. read for the, the cat's facts. So, critics, 40 and 52 for a 46%. Audiences, 39 and 46 for a 42 and a half. Seth, what are you giving this movie? Oh, uh, where did I land earlier? Like an 8.6, I think. 8.6, okay. 86. Oh. Uh, yeah, 8.6. 86 out of 10. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he turned French. I did. Croissant. Reasoning? Um, man. Where do I begin? <sighs> Telling the truth about this movie. is a dangerous business. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um... He's holding a gun to you. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being threatened. It's not a high enough score. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. You guys know how kind of eccentric I can be with my humor. The stuff that makes me cry is stuff that you guys were like, I didn't even know they said that. You know what I mean? So I enjoy the little things like that. The helicopter looking at missiles, the kind of offbeat, irreverent stuff going on. Uh, and there was a little bit of heart to it. You know, three or four of my quotes were just straight up good quotes. Yeah. The story was pretty good. I think the only downside was Lucas loved the intro, and I do too, but like, I, I don't think the pacing was very good in there. Like, it's... Compared to the rest of the movie, it's going so fast and, like, doing everything at once, where in the movie, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, 8.6. Okay. Lucas. I think that's some solid analysis. Sorry, I got some <laughs> granola stuck in my mouth. <laughs> Um, I think, I think it's a, 
very funny movie. I think it does have some flaws too. I also like the political intrigue stuff about it. And um, the songs are amazing. And I think the first, I think the pacing is part of what makes the first 25 minutes of this movie God level cinema. So I'm going to give this a 9.4 ish. Oh shit, we guessed that earlier. We were like, what what is Lucas going to give this right? I'm like, probably like a 9.4. Yeah. Probably not my favorite Elaine May movie, but I lovable nonetheless. Some gut punching laughs in this one. Nice. Does not deserve any sort of sugar in that it has currently. Okay, I'm I'm on the side of you guys. It doesn't it doesn't deserve the hate it it got. It was fun beyond belief. I laughed a ton, but I do think it gets jumbled in there quite a bit, which is part of the irony, but. I agree with you, Seth, that sometimes the pacing is a little off. Um, there are some things that could be critiqued where you're not quite as lost in it. I'm a 7.3. Wow. Yeah. First time. Welcome to the dark side. I was a 7.3 virgin, and now look at me. <laughs> I popped your cherry. <laughs> but yes, I laughed a ton. The songs, I do agree with both of you, are the best part of this movie. Just them just bullshitting their way through it. 9.4. That's a lot of big numbers. Let me. Unless you could, you can beat me, Seth. Uh, I don't feel like it. Well, I accidentally clicked the wrong number because I did 86 instead of 8.6. I did it again. Fuck me. 8.6 plus 9. You've had so much time. Yeah. That's going to be an 8. I am mad about that. 8.43. What are you mad about? Your score. Yeah, don't be. You just... I am. You get it too much. This this is better than what I said, because I told you a while back in our group chat that I wished to hate this movie with how much you built Elaine May up in my mind without having seen an Elaine May movie and speaking so highly. I was ready to hate this movie. So you should be happy with a 7.3. Because I will I'm, I'm gladly bad. drop it to a 5.1. Do it. Heartbeat. 5.1. It's the average of that, Brandon. He did it. <laughs> he fucking did it. Do it. Hold on, I'm thinking of something. That's it's your own grave. 15.5 plus 7. You got it. 21.5 plus uh, 22, 23.1. That's going to be a 7.67 average, really close to a 7.3, which a a former host had given that a rating of, a still host formerly gave of. And then he woke up without his head. (laughs) Then he beheaded me. No, I'm a 7.3. No, that's respectable. All right. Finishing off with reviews, I've got five critics. There was a lot of critic on a a movie like this, but we're going to start at- Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm going to start with uh, Janet Maslin at the New York Times. She says, The worst of it is painless. The best is funny, sly, cheerful, and here or there, even genuinely inspired. Good for you. Next is by Time Out Magazine. I don't have an author of it, but they say, I found something out, Brandon. What? A new math. I'll tell you later. Not <laughs> You're doing a new math? I figured out a new <laughs> equation to do averages. Shit, Galileo. Chill out over here. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Um, next is by Time Out Magazine. They said, so bad it could have been deliberate. One of the worst films ever made. No. They got it. Rejected. 
Redacted. Next is by Redacted. Richard Brody at the New Yorker rivals with Janet Janet Maslin at the New York Times. This is a guy you said to never find a review of again, Lucas. The rivals. Sounds about right. He, uh, he says. Ishtar is a wrongly maligned masterwork. There's a level of invention and a depth of reflection and a tangle of emotions in Ishtar, which are reached by few films and by few filmmakers. Maybe, maybe we should pay attention to this guy. <laughs> Somebody who told me to never pick again. Some shit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good review. Next is by Roger Ebert. Chicago Sun-Times. He didn't like the it. The Big Rog. Rog. Yeah. He Roger says, Eber. <laughs> Roger Eber. Silent T. Roger. Yeah, he Hard says. G Silent T. <laughs> he says, Ishtar is a truly dreadful film. A lifeless, massive, lumbering exercise in failed comedy. Nine out of what ten. What does he know? What does he know? <laughs> yeah, he's on the four star system. I will agree with that. It's fucked up. He didn't even give this one a rating because it was a part of the Siskel and Ebert one. And my last one is a retroactive review. This is in 2011 by the McClatchy Tribune News Service. And, and they say that time has not improved this film's reputation as being one of the worst ever made. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Okay. User reviews. I've got many returners. Let's go. First off, the little songbird. Boo. Autism. <laughs> That's true. Is that true, Dan? That's true, Dan. On May 2nd, 2011, Bethany said, This was a movie, actually, that I really wanted to like, but I gave it a chance, and I disliked it <laughs> intensely. But it isn't completely laughter-free, though. Thank goodness. For me, uh, there wasn't a single like single likable character. The direction was sluggish. The film feels overlong and dull in the pace, and the story is unfocused give it a and four. never comes alive. I didn't think much of the production value and the music either. But the worst offender is the script, which is just the epitome of crass. It's it isn't just that, it is also trite and racially insensitive. Overall, a mess. <laughs> One out of ten. One? Wow. Trite. Trite? I don't think that's. I, I think it's supposed to be like satirical of what normally is of trite. Triteness. Yeah, yes. triteness. I was trying to think of a way to make that. Remember the tritons. Oh, now that's a satire. <laughs> yeah, juvenalian style. So she didn't like it, but Snoopy style, our first ever Mookie Award winner. Yeah. This is you. <laughs> That's not the noise you usually... It is, actually. It is, <laughs> you idiot. Snoopy style on November 25th, 2013 says, First, the horrible singing really sinks the movie before it even gets going. The sad attempt at comedy does more harm than good, and setting the two actors against type is really confusing. It doesn't work. Warren Beatty is okay as the coolest idiot, but Dustin Hoffman is completely unconvincing. When they get to Ishtar, the As whole the other clueless idiot. <laughs> when they get to Ishtar, the whole confused revolution really shines a bad light on the duo's relationship. They're willing to believe the worst of each other, and they're angry at each other for a bunch of lies. They aren't good friends because friends don't do that. And how blind are they that they can't see that Isabella Johnny is a girl? The only funny thing is the blind camel. For the camel, I raise the rating from a two to a three. For the camel. 
three out of ten. He recognizes the camel's great. He he got the camel. Yeah. He'll get the rest of the movie on his deathbed, probably. Pro- his last person. <gasps> probably not. I get it. Those are two people we respect with bad reviews. Yeah. But next happens. But next up is by Jacebric. Jacebric. <laughs> January 18th, 2001. Damn. This review's been around for a long time, and they said, Peel back the layers of this film by watching it a few times and discover its huge potential potential as a cult classic. A diamond in the rough, chock full of lines ripe for everyday use. The reward for multiple viewings is gratifying and seeing two movie sex symbols break rank and cut loose with an off-the-wall film is refreshing. This ain't poverty, baby. Give Ishtar a chance or two and it will win a place on your hit list. Even if it's near the bottom, ten out of ten. Nice. It's in poverty, baby. Is, I, did they say Dustin Hoffman and Warren another... Beatty were sex symbols? Yeah, that's crazy. I think maybe Isabella Johnny and Warren Beatty. Well, he talks about them being the off the wall characters, so I don't think it's Isabella and Johnny. Two of them. I think it's Dustin Hoffman. I don't think Dustin's a sex symbol. Well, they thought he was. Of them are. Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty. Yeah. What? Strong jaw. Just because he's tall? And strong jaw. Yeah, same, but like... I'm, it, he was like a, a playboy. Yeah. He dated around. Did he look better when he was younger? Was he old in 1987? Because no. he didn't look very good in this movie. He looked decent. He looked like a shit. No, he looked pretty good. He looked carved. It's not a, it's not a sex symbol. Carved is good. Carved isn't good. Carved equals good. Carved doesn't equal Warren good. Beatty hot. Did Carver's Warren did, Beatty did Carver hot. steal some of your business at BAM? Yeah, like all of it. That's that means it's good. That doesn't Carved means good. That's not what that means, Brandon. It means it's the only Brazilian steakhouse in the entire states and people want to check it out. So they're flocking. And it's good. Yeah, I've, I've heard There's great things about the pineapple drink. Go get it then, bitch. Next is <laughs> bye. We have a pineapple drink too, you know. K de Luca. Is it served in a pineapple? Uh, no. That's Because we're not frivolous like that. Mm. Wasted. Don't do that. <laughs> Tickling me. Next is by K de Luca 1. September 18, Two. 2004. We're in the office. No. No. 2004. This is another really old one. But they say, um, I know it's not the best. Arsenic and Old Lace is the top comedy of all time. Citizen Kane, the greatest film. Gone with the Wind, the greatest epic. Wizard of Oz, the finest fantasy. And Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3 trilogy is the ultimate film legend. But for me, Ishtar is pure fun. I saw it when it came out, bought the video, watch it twice a year, and I have my daughter hooked on it too. 7 out of 10. I like how they preface their, their sort of criteria before. Their best of Their champions. Best in shows. What is Arsenic and Old Lace? It's the best comedy of it's all old, time. Yeah, it's That's old Cary Grant yeah. comedy. Cary Grant. Um, Sounds familiar. Three more. This one oh, is by... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Got it. This one is by Tavum. March 10th, 2010. I hardly know him. Nice. They say... While what I but he tabbed him nonetheless. <laughs> Watch out, cause this motherfucker's gonna tab you. I went to jail and I tabbed him for tabbing. I tabbed him. 
Um, they say, while what I watched was indeed a convoluted mess, there were many moments that I highly enjoyed, like many of the intentionally bad written songs provided by Paul Williams, Miss May, and Beatty and Hoffman, Miss respectively. May. There was also a hilarious auction scene with Dustin doing many gibberish stylings that has to be seen to be believed. Leading lady Isabella Johnny has some nice straight scenes with either leading man that made me smile a little. And Charles Grodin provides some hilarity near the end as a U.S. agent. So despite the unevenness of the whole thing, Ishtar was quite enjoyable for me. Five out of ten. Quite enjoyable. Five? An average film. It's not quite enjoyable then, is it? It's got high standards. Me? You know, just this guy. Tab this guy. He tabs people. What do you expect from him? Next up is by Bevo. 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 Why are we all singing the same note? Here, I'll start this out. Bevo. 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 That's good. Lucas just copies a note. No, that was good. No. Bevo. Bevo, one, three, six, seven, eight on Bevo. On September 16th, 2021 says, Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe the bad reviews. It's much worse. M. 10 out of 10. Don't believe the bad reviews. Subtown Funk. M. 10 out of 10. That's pretty good. I don't know why the M's in there, but. Um, Weird review, Bevo. The M. I don't know. It's right next to the backspace on the keyboard. It's not. Yes, it is. M. Backspace. Brennan, pull out your phone right now. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, I'm always right. And last is by a returner, Art Vandalay Importer Exporter. It's a Seinfeld reference. No. Oh, shit. I didn't know that, actually. He's making it up. November 24th, 2020, they say... I have a 15-minute rule that is nearly foolproof in figuring out whether a movie is worth watching. I'm not even sure it was 15 seconds into that insipid, unfunny, and yes, painful opening song before it was obvious what a pile of Ishtar this movie is. You can't spell Ishtar without shit. One out of ten. <laughs> yeah, a he's a right. pretty good review, <laughs> honestly. He's right. He's right. He is. Yeah, so that's going to end it this week. Are we recommending Ishtar? Yeah. 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 It's three yeses. Even if I don't think it's the yeah. best film, I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he did, a, he did a harmony. Even if it isn't the best film, it's so definitely dumb, worth... It made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth watching. So three recommends. That's it for Ishtar. Elaine May is a, a princess. She's the best director of all time. 90-year-old princess. She's waiting to it's be a queen. record. She's been waiting for Queen Elizabeth to die so she becomes queen. You know, I'm technically in line for the throne. Really? Yeah, my family bloodline traces back to Francis Bacon. Hmm. Yeah. Dwayne Bacon, shooting guard for the Orlando Magic G League team. Yeah. And that's all we got, folks. <laughs> Next week is our finale of season six. We're doing Red Notice, a Netflix action y film. We hope to have Devin on. 
And then we're going to do our season six bracket. I will be skipping next week. No, no. <laughs> Where we have Devin on, we'll have the bracket. Hopefully that turns out great. And then we're into season seven. Some nachos. Some fucking yeah. nachos. Starting with our hundredth episode, my birthday episode. It'll be fun. I'll send you guys links for our bracket stuff. And uh, with that, we'll see you next uh, week. Wow. Good birthday. Good douche. Go Bears. Not a Bears fan. <laughs> Who cares? Who bears? We're just killing time until Brandon can figure out how to stop the recording. It's not pulling up. There we go. <laughs> he can't do it. Bitch. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Movies. If you like the show, please like and follow us on Anchor and any other podcast sites we are located on. We would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us comments and reviews on our Instagram and Facebook pages at The Good, The Bad, The Movies. We will be back next week to deep dive into more movies. And remember, if it's it's good good and it's bad, it's it's probably the movies. movies.